<laughs> Californian and Catholic. Steamy. Double whammy. Paul, Steamy Paul just made a wildly inappropriate Catholic joke for all of you listening. This guy right here. It's going to confession. Yeah, okay. are, you, are you Catholic? No, not You're no. not? No. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah, it's like Christian now. Have you ever been to confession? Uh, no. Never? Mm-mm. Dang. No. I know Jared has. <laughs> Jared's like, man. Anything wrong. He's definitely sat in front of a bishop before. I know that. I know oh, yeah. that for a fact. Oh, yeah. I can just tell. Thanks for coming on, guys. This is kind of a last ditch. We had, uh, so Brady and Lorenzo are on a coos deer hunt. So we gave away a coos deer hunt. Uh, what do we call that? Mexico's giveaway. Yeah. So I heard they killed a buck. The, nice. the hunt winner killed a nice buck. Sweet. And then they're hunting for his brother-in-law, I want to say. They're still hunting. But uh, those guys are in Mexico. So I had to I had to call in backups today. <laughs> The bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I went around the office and I was like, uh, who could I get? Who's yeah, got nothing again? to do today? Yeah, I've, been, I've been a free agent on. for four years now. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got signed. But yeah, we got Jared Pierce. Jared Pierce is our lead buyer? Lead buyer? What's your title? No, just buyer. Just buyer. I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna Man, call you I appreciate that. Campos, <laughs> we got a new lead buyer. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, Jared's a buyer. You cover what departments? Oh, man. So we just had a... A shake up, and so now I have footwear, archery, food and nutrition, optics, and then some gear, and some gear. So yeah, it's a all, lot. All that. Mm-hmm. I want to dive a little deeper here in a minute into what this entails. But we also got the tall Paul frame, <laughs> tall, <laughs> the best mustache in town. That's right, keeping it real. Yeah, I was uh, seeing everyone on Instagram. They have that like, show me you at twenty one. Oh, yeah. And I went all the Did way back. Did you buy into it? Did no, you, not no? at all. You didn't post up? No, but I just went through all my old pictures, and I was like, damn, I had this mustache in, like, 2008. Did you? Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it started to kind of, like, grow out a little bit. Uh-huh. And then it's, like, understory vegetation, and now it's, like, full-grown, babe. And it's been like this for years. I so. don't think you can go without it. Yeah. Uh, I've I've already committed to myself when I kill uh, my next mule deer or my first bull. It's coming off. Ooh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Yeah, so I, so I just stopped putting in for elk tags, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just think, to change it, I just want yeah. to do something different. Yeah, it's like to reset. You I know? think I've told this story before on this podcast, but I had a coworker who had just an epic mustache. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was truly just a thing of beauty. It was like the Pringles guy, you know, what yeah. I mean? just a just a perfect mustache flipped up on the end. And one day he just came to work, didn't tell anybody, shaved it off. And we, I mean, it wasn't like one day where the novelty of it wore off, it was like two weeks where people would, you'd still look at him and be like, yeah. wait a minute, <laughs> are you the same guy? Like it, it got weird for a while. Yeah. So expect some, some weird looks for a minute. Yep. I, I still, when I started here, I started growing my beard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember how bad it got. There was a picture of Good elk hunt like two years ago in, in Utah. I saw it. I'm like, I look like a homeless man. And so I, <laughs> I shaved it off and I still have vendors that I'll meet that are like, they didn't, recognize them so it's kind of funny <laughs> you grow back out i don't i think man i keep going back and forth like i'll shave it all off and mm-hmm. then i'll grow back and i don't think the beard's coming back i think it's such a shame that guys like you that can grow just this luscious beard just don't yeah. do it diligence you know yeah. my there problem is know. it doesn't grow back quick enough so i'm not just i can't just buzz it and then monday it's back mm. this is like a process so that's why i'm i don't know i'm I think jealous I of the that, beard guys though i had that need of not shaving after doing it for 20 plus years mm-hmm. every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just didn't do it for like four years and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to keep it under control. So it <laughs> you, you got a little bit of a mustache going on. Yeah, there. I was growing them back a little bit. There you I go. See Paul every day. I'm like, man, that's yeah, just I glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I lined it up. Paul, give us, what do you do here? Uh, I run the showroom. I'm our showroom lead. 
So I was hired back in um, late 2021 before we moved into this building. Mm -hmm. And then uh, during the conversations of hiring, they asked that they wanted to go on, wants to order, open a brick and mortar and that they were wanting me to help run and facilitate it. And so um, I was over the moon. Like this was more than I could ever hope for coming from what I came from at an REI in LA, just running a company for somebody else. Different crowd? Different crowd. A little bit. I mean, there was actually quite a bit of appreciation for what we did. Like I made bear chili for some of our cookouts. I made some deer stew. Yeah. Um, and I was very open about like, you told them what was that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after you they, just sneak it in. Yeah. After they were all like, uh, eating it and hanging out at the beach and everything. They're like, man, that's awesome. What is it? And I was like, that's deer. <laughs> right. You flipped over. Um, <laughs> were they California sober at the time? They were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of them were. And then a couple of them were already like some of the fishermen and everything else, but it was always very quiet. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. an open conversation to have cause it just wasn't well received in right. the Manhattan beach area of California. Gotcha. Um, but I wasn't going to shy away from it, you know? How long were you at REI? Uh, five years. Yeah, five gotcha. years. So I got hired here, and then uh, it took a little while to get the showroom actually open and established. And then once it was, I was bothering Jared. I was bothering Campos and Ethan and everything and about getting gear out there and starting to merchandise it. And then I think my first night I spent 17 hours doing it, and the next night I spent 12 um, just getting gondolas out, setting stuff up. And then, like, over the year, it took time to, like, really – let everything settle to where it is organically. And I think now the showroom's right where it is and where everything is, we just end up swapping stuff out. So we might swap out cook stuff and pots and food for bugle tubes and, and diaphragms yeah, you know, and stuff seasonal. like that. Yeah, just seasonal stuff. So try to do that at least, you know, three times a year. Yes, yeah, so for yeah, for for those of you that might be listening, we we have a showroom in Vegas. Like if you're in Vegas, yes, we like if you're lucky enough to get Super Bowl tickets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you want to come in town to see who who's in town now on a show, Omar, Omar, yeah, Omar, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think who has residency in Vegas nowadays. Do you guys know? I should oh, know sure. this. I drive up and down I-15 enough. I should know. You drive over there, Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Yeah, if you're in town to see Garth Brooks, come yeah. by. By the way, did you guys hear Toby Key? Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Toby Key. You big big Toby Keith fan, aren't you? I respect. I'm glad to look out. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should put some on the table today. Just uh, oh. a little a little. Uh, that was like the oh, anthem nah. after nine. Oh man, right? wasn't it? Man, yeah, we'll put a boot in your ass. Heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you haven't you haven't uh, done fireworks up right on the Fourth of July until you listen to that song <laughs> yeah. and, and saw fireworks go off. For sure. But yeah, we have a showroom. If you guys uh, are in town for Vegas for whatever reason, come by. We're off at two fifteen in Buffalo. Uh, it's pretty easy to get to, and yeah. you can get a chance to talk to Tall Paul. That's right. Um, my wife, <laughs> she's only been down here like maybe a couple times ever in the showroom. And last time she was down here, she was down here seeing her brother, and uh, she needed to stop by and get something. And I said, just go to the showroom and ask for Paul. Just talk to Paul. Paul, I'll take care of you. And she came home, and she's like, Paul? <laughs> Paul's the nicest guy <laughs> I think I have ever met. I said, yeah, Paul, is he's a gem. Yeah, she. They were great. I brought them waters. We were hanging out, chit chatting, catching up. Yeah, yeah. They're really yeah, great my family. kids. Yeah, but we. Uh, I appreciate you guys jumping on. Um, the reason I decided to have you guys on today, uh, one, because you know Brady, and, <laughs> and then two, uh, footwear buyer for the shop, yeah. Jared, and I think Paul. You probably get you. You kind of the the face out front. And you probably get the most questions from people that come in and want to try on a pair of boots or want to try to buy a pair of hunting boots. Yep. So I figure you would be a good gauge as far as like what people, what people are asking, like kind of questions people ask about boots, you know, what kind of advice you give them. And I know you're kind of a gear junkie yourself. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk footwear today. Um, I guess before we get started, I should hit you with a promo. 
Omar, you like the promo? How many minutes am I? Oh, you you start my timer, man. Oh, well, no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, so promo. You can use the promo code podcast. You can sign up for a Go Hunt Insider account. Uh, normal cost of that is going to be 149 bucks a year. If you use the promo code podcast, we'll actually turn around and give you 50 points back into the Go Hunt gear shop. 50 points is $50 that you can use towards purchase any gear that you want in the Go Hunt gear shop, including putting that towards a pair of boots or socks or whatever it is that you might be interested in the Go Hunt gear shop. So it's a pretty sick deal. Uh, today's the deadline for Arizona. So if you guys didn't get your applications in, um, you know, this isn't going to go out until it's too late. Oh, so I'm going to say, don't our, tell them our bad. Yeah. <laughs> already, don't, don't our, our bad. Uh, but you still got a bunch of opportunities coming up, including New Mexico, Utah, uh, you know, Wyoming deer and antelope later on, um, Arizona deer, bighorn sheep, and there's a Colorado. I shouldn't skip Colorado, Montana. <laughs> still a ton of opportunity to do some research and find an opportunity to pick up a tag. And like I said, with that promo code podcast, we get 50 bucks back at the Go On Gear Shop. And Paul will sell you some gear. Uh, 100%. Save some money off some boots. Boots. Yeah. How many people do you get in the, like p- people that walk in the, the shop, they come in. Eh. How many of them would you say are looking for boots? Is it quite a few? Mm. Do we sell a lot of boots? Yeah, probably half. Half? Yeah. yeah. A lot of it is like uh, pack fits. Oh, hey, man, I always want to get my hands on some some of those packs, this pack, that pack, or... Mm-hmm. Um, some guys that's kind of funny people will walk straight in because of the way the floor plans laid out like you can walk right into the carpet between the couches Yep, and they'll look at you when you're meeting them like I just want to talk about boots and they don't look to the left and there's just a wall of boots <laughs> and then that's when we sit down and start going over you know what they're looking for and everything else some people ask for brands that we don't carry um, but that's alright because instead of one brand we have many brands mm-hmm. a lot of different fits and feels a lot of different flexes <clears throat> do you know how many brands we carry oh man I don't know off the top of your head yeah, is it double know. digits oh yeah easy for sure yeah and that's the cool thing about Go Hunt. You know, when we started, even at the expo, it was like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like to have all those brands in one spot to try on is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like I was out in the showroom helping a customer yesterday, and he was blown away by all the different brands, and he could try them all on in one spot. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, how many people buy boots sight unseen? Like a lot of, I mean, I mean they, they buy them online, mm-hmm. and then I guess what's the return rate like on that? And how do you how do you how do you deal with that? Because I remember when we first got started in carrying boots, that was like the big concern, right? Yeah. Was how do you alleviate or how do you mitigate essentially people, you know, buying boots and then not loving the boot and returning it? Yeah. So part of this is I think we've we've tried to do, and I guess was, I'm I'm asking a leading question. I'm leading the witness here. You kind of know where I'm going, but uh, like what kinds of things do you find on the website on the front end that you can help buy a pair of boots that's going to fit you? the best yeah. so that you're not just buying and returning. <clears throat> yeah. So you kind of talked about it a little bit. We put so much time and effort and energy and work into the getting set up to launch boots. Like it was a, it was a, a process. List, wasn't it? And uh, <clears throat> we wanted to make, you know, cause we knew the buying boots online is not the easiest thing. Like boots are not getting cheaper, you know, mm-hmm. spending $500 on a pair of boots online is a hard thing to do. So we wanted to give the customer as much information practical information from us, not just, you know, copy and paste off a website. Um, so, you know, we, we have both like staff sizing recommendations and then we have an overall boot sizing recommendation. So if you go to a boot uh, product page right now, the first thing you see in bold at the top is like, Hey, we recommend buying this boot, you know, based on your size, you know, a half size up or true to size or whatever, like one of the first themes. And then, 
Go ahead. Yeah. And that was from people trying on the boot. So you take it, like when we get a boot into the office, like you, you got, we got a new boot. We got a new boot on the end. We'll talk about it here in a minute. Yeah. But what the first step for you guys is to do what? You pull people around the office yep. and have them try on the boot? <clears throat> yep. We have just random people in the office. We'll try it on. We have kind of a, we've, we've sized everybody like per our uh, sizing recommendations are on the website, like literally measuring your foot down to the 10th of a centimeter. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, that's the next thing on the website is a, is a table of those people, their sizes, their like their Nike size. And then this boot size and how it fits them. That's length, width, uh, and then your the, the normal Nike size that yep. that person yep. buys. Yep. And then how that boot relates to their fit, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Does it work pretty good? You get a lot. Of- it does. So we have yeah. it, it varies around about a ten percent return rate, which is way below like industry standard. Gotcha. So I think we've done really good in that aspect. So, Paul, do you have? I mean, you have people call. Do you do, you do uh, customer calls as well? If I can, yeah. Gotcha. Like if I don't have anybody on the show, and like sometimes like Taylor, um, Braden, our CS team, they'll kind of tag me in an email. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this guy just has some questions about boots. If you have a minute, we have a downtime. I'll try to get on a call and go with them step by step and kind of ask the questions that Jared's like putting on the website because they're familiar with the website. They just need maybe a few more questions. Well, hey, I kind of wear, you know, this because we know that some shoes will run different, right? Mm-hmm. The Nike size is great, but if they wear Adidas, Adidas can kind of be long or short, depending on what their size is. Um, uh, people might say like, well, we're this and that and an ultra knowing that ultra is a wider toe box. That's not really an accurate yeah. depiction because people are so used to comfort in a shoe that this is performance in a shoe. This is going to be very different. Mm-hmm. So trying to get that conversation on the phone is going to be a little different, but we can dive in a little bit more. And then we just reassure them. Like, hey, look, I know you're looking at uh, so many boots. If you buy this one that doesn't fit, let me know. I'll get your return label. We'll help you out. Try to ease the pain on this process a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. it's a lot to, like Jared said, to spend, you know, 380 I mean, 400 on a pair of boots and not be sure. Yeah. So if we can be available to have the information online or to have a conversation over the phone, let's just take this, a lot of the guessing game out and help you as much as we can. And I think that helps with the return side of it. But we're looking at Garrett when he does returns. A lot of people buy like an 11, 11 and a half, and they'll only return one. Gotcha. Which is kind of nice to know that at least the information on the website really narrows it down. Mm-hmm. Folks just want to know, you know, which one's really going to fit. And they'll, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll order both sizes. What kind of questions do you get people coming off the street and they want to buy a pair of boots? Like, where do most people start with you? Do they know what they're looking for or do they come in and just kind of say, help me? Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, um, kind of thinking about it. I don't think a lot of people do. Like, they know what they wear. But I still think they don't know what they're looking for. They'll mm-hmm. come in and they'll go, hey, man, I saw this online or I've been watching a lot of your stuff. And so I just want to come in and try on some boots. And the first question is, well, what do you wear now? Like, let's just, I want to get an idea of what you're That's already in. That's where you in. start? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I ask them, like, well, what do you, what do you wear now? And they might say, like, oh, I just wear a, you know, a <laughs> Irish <laughs> setter. <laughs> Jared's, uh, Jared's dog's <laughs> scratching at the door. She's peeking here. There's a crack right there, knocking at the door. <laughs> Uh, Jared's got a German Shepherd named Harley. Harley, yeah. Harley, yeah. Beautiful dog. <laughs> you can hear her at the door. She's <laughs> at the door all like, the time. I know you're in there. <laughs> I can see one eyeball. <laughs> anyway. Um, so most of it is just me asking, well, what are they in now? Because I want to get an idea of, of what they're wearing. Because if they're looking for a boot, they're not happy. They're already not comfortable. Maybe they've already blown it out. Maybe they just want to mm-hmm. do something new. And so I just want to find out what they're already in to kind of get my idea of an expectation for them. If this is what they're comfortable with, they're like, oh, I really like this, I don't know, this uh, Irish setter that I got at a, a big box store that's really soft and broken in. 
and doesn't have anything really technical, then I'll probably look at like a Salewa Mountain Trainer, something mm-hmm. that's out of the box comfort, the Scarpa Mescalito, something that's out of the box comfort, the um, the Zamberlin Baltoro, something that's out of the box comfort form. Let's start there. And then try to the second question is, um, where are we taking this boot this year? Like, what is your typical hunt we're going to be using this boot? And if this is your one hit wonder, or if this is going to be part of your boot lineup. Uh, so a lot of the questions when they start and they come in, they're, hey, man, I just want to try on some boots. I have a blank hunt this year. And then that'll also set my questions off in a different direction. If we're talking antelope, I mean, probably not going to be that technical. Mm-hmm. If we're talking like a late season elk hunt, we're going to be talking somewhat technical, warm, stable, comfortable, uh, everything that's going to be required for terrain, weather, and weight, packouts and everything. You know, whether you're going to be 16 year old and you, or 16 years old and you think you got a the back that will go forever or you got a 70 something year old and he might be on his last elk hunt, this guy should be in a boot that's like, it's going to go to 80, it's going to go to 90, he's going to be comfortable. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. So you, you bring up good points. I think, I think that's a good direction. Uh, first, first asking them what have they used and what have they liked. Yeah. Uh, I've always told people, if you got a boot that you like and it's worked for you and you just wore it out, just buy the same boot, right? Yeah, yeah. If if they don't make that boot anymore, mm-hmm. then try to find something as close to that boot as you possibly can because boots are, uh, I don't know, man, boots are different for every single person, right? It's a really subjective yeah. thing and what you're looking for, what you like and what's comfortable for your foot. Yeah, It's pretty funny. Like we did a boot video. We just put it out on YouTube, what, maybe two days ago or something. Yeah. And I just basically pulled eight pairs, I think, that I thought I might be interested in trying on. And I think last night, just for kicks, sometimes I get bored at night and I got nothing going on. So I'll read through the comments on YouTube just, <laughs> just for entertainment. And sometimes I try to answer them if I can, uh, you know, or just like look at DMs. It's always entertaining. But um, I was looking down through them and it is really funny, just the comments that people, I mean, you'll get every comment from this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. That boot gave me a blister. Just buy a Kinetrack. Yeah. Kinetrack's yeah. a catch-all for everybody. And <laughs> I'm like, I've worn a lot of Kenan tracks. Like, they aren't the boot for me. It's not that oh, it's not yeah. a great boot for somebody. Obviously, mm-hmm. that guy loves it. But yeah. for me, they aren't. They eat my heels up. And it's just because I got a narrow heel. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get a lot of slide around it. But um, it is funny. People are really funny about boots. And they're very particular. So it's hard to fit one person in one mm-hmm. one boot. So all that to say, if you got a boot, a brand. I know that Hanwag works for my foot. Yeah. It just fits my foot. I had people commenting, say, yeah, these are way too narrow. They are a little bit on the kind of medium to maybe narrow width, yep. which is what my foot is. So maybe it's not the boot for you, but I know that that foot, that last, it works for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I wear hand yeah. log boots, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so that's typically what I tell people, you know, if you got a boot you like, brand, buy that brand again, look into it. But um, the other thing that you said is uh, <clears throat> type of hunt. So a follow-up, like what type of hunt are you going on and mm-hmm. what, what type of terrain? Mm-hmm. So. Let's say, let's break this down a little bit and maybe we can like tease it apart. So mm-hmm. you, I would, I would break it into the category of maybe you've got open country, like more antelope, mm-hmm. you know, spawn stock mule deer in the badlands. I would kind of put those in the same category and maybe you transition, you're moving into like a mule deer elk hunting type of boot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you move up in elevation for those guys that are maybe going on a goat or a sheep hunt or, you know, high alpine spot and stock you know, mule deer hunt. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the three categories that I, I would break boots in mm-hmm. um, or put them into. So I was curious if you could like walk me through what kind of considerations in a boot that you would make for the three different types of environments. So if you're, Jared, if you're buying a open country, spot and stock antelope, um, you know, open country mule deer, maybe it's early season, 
What are you thinking and why? I don't know. Sorry, I'm just getting Jared, Jared's had a cold. Jared's had the vids. ATA and, <laughs> ATA and Shasho kind of put the hurting on me. Somebody call Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the vid. Oh, man. <clears throat> if I'm looking at those type of seasons, I'm, I'm looking for comfort over anything. Uh, antelope, a couple years ago, I, had a, I just wore an ultra boot. Which is this one right here, yep. right? <clears throat> so I'm a huge ultra fan. Like the wide toe box, zero drop. Like I've worn them for years and years. Um, so to to be able to run that boot on a hot, you know, early season antelope hunt mm-hmm. is money. You know, if I'm going up, <clears throat> you know, maybe a, a mule deer, you know, maybe a little bit more technical terrain, I'm, I might not do that. But I've actually worn those boots on a New Mexico backcountry elk hunt. Yeah. So, I mean, it, all, it so much depends on the person and, and how – you know, what they want out of the hunt. And the, so what are you, like, what would you say pros and cons for that type of hunt? Something like this versus something like, you know, this, this kind of track. I mean, weight is going to be number one. Like the weight on foot is huge. Like 10 miles with the ultra on your foot versus 10 miles with the kind track on your foot. It's going to be a different effect on your body. Right. Um, they so. say what? One pound on your foot. It's like 10 pounds on your back. So that's what they say. Yeah. Paul. Okay. You'd know. <laughs> right? Yep. That's what they say. I don't know if it's true or not, but you can definitely, like, you feel it in your legs for sure. Yeah. Yeah, heavy boots over light yeah. boots over a full day. So, um, breathability? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing, obviously. I mean, that's full leather, so that's going to not breathe as well as that Ultra. They, they also make, yeah, I mean, this is also leather, it looks like, which I didn't even realize Ultra made yeah. a full leather lower. Yeah. They make one that's not, right? It's they a do, synthetic, for sure. a mesh. Yeah. And they make, you know, there's they're starting to use uh, you know, better waterproofing, like legit gotcha. Gore-Tex waterproofing. So they're they're stepping their game up too. Um this one yeah, this one is Gore-Tex, this Olympus five yep. hiker. Do you like these? Do you wear these? Mm-hmm. I've worn them before. I mean, if I'm just hanging out or something, I don't mind it, but I have like a narrower foot, so I slide too much from side to side. So Me I start too. to get hot spots underneath the ball my, on my ball mm-hmm. or between my pinkies. Because then what I try to do is I like lift my foot up in the shoe, trying to like grab onto it, and then my toes start to rub. And it just in in a technical situation, yeah. If I'm just kind of walking around the showroom all day or hanging out, yeah, I can run an ultra no problem. Yeah. But even at like running in an Olympus or a Lone Peak, my foot moves too much, way too much. Yeah. One tall, thing, that tall ball in the foot too. Tall ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing too is like ankle stability and like the strength of your ankles mm-hmm. has a lot to do with it. I literally broke my ankle. I think I had surgery. It was uh, on a Valentine's Day a few years ago, and I wore that Ultra boot on a New Mexico elk hunt that fall. Because, How'd you break your ankle on Valentine's Day? Well, actually, I had this. <laughs> I didn't break it on Valentine's hey, Day. Oh. You know, it got a little crazy, you know. <laughs> um, I had surgery on Valentine's Day. I had broken it before, but I, I was trail running in ultras. But oh. I was I had my dog with me, not this one. Mm-hmm. But she was on the trail, and I ended up off the side of the trail and stepped on a rock and broke my ankle. Oh, but like I literally spent the whole summer, you know, working and trying to develop my ankle stability, so I didn't have to wear you know, these big, tall, you know, mm-hmm. boots, I can do something like that. So yeah, I think that goes a lot into it. A lot of people will say, man, I want the max ankle support. You know, I think like if people would maybe develop their ankles a little bit, yeah, hey. some more like muscle development and support, it probably wouldn't be such a big deal. Yeah. I've got a bad right ankle yeah. and I mean, it'll, I can sprain that thing standing in a parking lot on flat yeah. ground. It'll just <laughs> dip, mm-hmm. just goes out. It seems like I can always... 
I can just count on spraining that ankle at least one good time every hunt. I'm just used to it oh, at yeah. this point. Yeah. And I haven't really found it is interesting. I found that, like you're saying, a more flexible shoe. So for a while I did hunt elk in like a, an aggressive trail runner. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah, uh La Sportiva. And I really liked it. But then the issues that I had was when I would get a pack fully loaded and I was going up uphill, I was, you know, hiking out, it just absolutely torched my calves yeah. and my legs because it just didn't give me the stability through yeah. the midfoot. Mm-hmm both, you know, laterally and, you know, vertically as you're going either toe off or you're side healing, like it just didn't support the weight. And I would get back to the truck and my legs were just mashed, just hammered. Yep. Big um, time. So that's, I kind of switched back over and I've gone back to kind of a stiff sold boot, but I like, I like, I mean, I agree with you. And then just trail running. I think it's done yeah. wonders for my ankles. They're definitely better than they used to be. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I would not do that on an elk hunt again, you know, because yeah. get older, mm-hmm. learn those It is things. nice to go light and fast, though. Oh, yeah. And you yep. can go quiet, too. That's the other thing is you can really feel everything. I told people it's, it's like you're a ninja out there with those yeah. things on. That's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, the other times I've actually, I've chosen like a flexible, lightweight hiker, super breathable, is areas that are super rocky, which sounds weird because you'd think the more rocky it is, the more likelihood that you're going to roll your ankle, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to roll your ankle in a really flexible boot or a shoe. But what I found is like when I was wearing a boot like this, like this Kinetrek with a stiff sole in a really rocky environment, I didn't have the dexterity mm-hmm. in my feet that I needed to like pick my way through the rocks without yeah. rolling my ankles. And it felt like I was always rolling my ankles. So yeah. like I went on that mountain goat hunt that I had in the Uintas and it's just rocks that are, you know, like size of a bowling ball, just straight up rock the whole thing. And I went with a really super flexible, uh, light hiker, <laughs> Harley's getting in. <laughs> She's coming in. She figured it out. <laughs> Sounds like Jared's dog just figured out how to open a door. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that worked out really well. Cause it gave me the dexterity in my foot. And it's funny cause I went with Branson, Branson on, uh, camera guy Mather, those guys both had like heavy duty mountain boots yeah. on and coming out of there with fully loaded packs. <clears throat> I cut the distance. I think I was back to camp at least a mile ahead of them. Like really? it took them forever to really? pick their way down through that. I remember that, huh? You weren't yeah. that Slewa boot. Yeah, yeah. I wore that Slewa and it worked out really well. Um, of course it was, I wasn't dealing with snow or, you know, wet weather or anything like yeah. that. So for that kind of environment it worked really well, but those would yeah. be like the times that I would, I would use something like this. Um, yeah, just light, fast, early season mm-hmm. type of stuff. I think this type of boot, if you look at them on the on the desk here, a lot of these are probably way too much for that type of hunting. Yeah. Um, what What do you do as you move up the hill? What are you looking for in an elk hunting boot? A stiffer shank for sure. Um, I, but real quick, what what Jared had alluded to was really helpful, and I wanted to kind of add to what you had mentioned too. Was when it comes to like a softer boot. One big thing we see in the showroom is uh, ankle dorsal flexion, dorsiflexion. And like he had mentioned, stiff muscles, stiff fascia or loose fascia, like plantar fasciitis, Mm. things like that that create the or limit the range of motion, that is also kind of keeping us from the things we need to do. So when you had mentioned, sometimes people feel like... uh, you know, like something like, like this ultra, when you have something that's got a lot of torsional flex, or if you land on the heel and this boot ends up kind of like turning on you this way, people think you might roll your ankle. But if you have enough range of motion that you can balance yourself, it's being stiff with imbalance. That's going to create this ankle to do this. 
mm-hmm. right? Or something like that. Or sometimes we just roll our ankles too. So you're saying I, I lack mobility. No, you, you probably enough mobility, but I also think when you have like a lot of weight you, you, on your you'd back, be right. you know, <laughs> if you have a lot of weight on your back, sometimes that imbalance is just what it is. It's imbalance. You're, yeah. you're gonna, something's gonna happen. Yeah. You got a bow in one hand. Yep. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. You're trying to balance yourself. You got 60, 80 pounds on your back. <laughs> Click pause. Dog found its way in. Outside. Come on. Hey, what one are we? Oh, Allie, let's, I know. I know. <laughs> We're having a dog party. She opened the door and came out. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow all the dogs just broke in, Omar. <laughs> Wake up. I am a cool. <laughs> that was impressive. That was. I'm not going to lie. Was it really a dog that got the yeah. hand? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um... What's up, CP? Oh, <laughs> we thought maybe there's another dog. Yeah, we're started. Come on in. Do you want we're to do a three appearance? hours into it? We're about. We're about. I just saw you out here. We were, but the dog the opened dog the door. Broke in. Hello. Hello, Chris Porter. <laughs> do you want to give us uh, your boot? Guys, good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. Give us your boot. We had a customer from Hawaii. You gave me this. I ha- I brought my lunch, so I, I figured you came in for cedar. Huh. Like smoke big with. I mean, this guy's looks legit. Access deer. Oh, yeah. oh, no, he said this one's big. He said, "Oh, did you really? Yeah." Oh, you yeah, can eat the other that. Yeah. Anyway, I, I didn't know you were recording. Fridge that up. Fridge that up for me. I'll eat it. <laughs> yeah. What kind of boots? Uh, <laughs> you I know. I, I, it doesn't look like this last time. I do that at least once a week. <laughs> try to try to stick my hand in there. Scarpa mescalito. Before you go, what do you got? What boot? Ooh, what are you doing? Which well, one? You know, I was trying to give us brand a, myself as the boot king, but give, I, it didn't really stick. Give us a recommendation before you go. I'm a big synthetic guy. That's the new one. I already know the reporter's going to peg. Brand new, not even out yet. I do like this one. I like some good ankle support. <laughs> uh, we were talking about ankle support. Well, you and I, is this the one you and I ran? Yeah. yeah. I like that boot. It is nice. Um, Which is the Macro Pro. with the yellow laces. The Mescalito? It's not in here. I didn't bring that one in here. You don't need them synthetic guys, so I don't think... You like that one? I like that one too. I what thought I thought you'd go for this one. I, I, <laughs> I'm like that one's got like a little flash. Does that one a little? Out yeah. <laughs> really? Great. Bye, guys. Good seeing you. <laughs> Thanks, Porter. Why? Give us a rundown on what you're talking about in imbalance. <laughs> Sorry, we had we had a break. Kicking it, kicking it right back off again. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of it is. Um, is the mobility itself. So sometimes if we have like really stiff ankles or we don't have a lot of range of motion, like sometimes we need the boot to help us out, make it comfortable and everything else. That's why like sometimes in a really stiff boot, my ankles are like my heels are shot. There's no way I can do it because that range of motion of stepping on the ground, my knee bending, that ankle dorsiflexion and that heel raising up in the back blister immediately. So I can't go too stiff for me, right? So trying to talk to customers about what hunt are we doing? What's going to be most comfortable? Like I thought the Scarpa Crux was great. The approach shoes were really good options. All the ultras are great options. Um, some of the softer uh, Hanwags, like the Mokra lights, the Tatra lights, the Tatra twos, some of that stuff, those work a little bit better because they can soften up. The um, Salewa Mountain Trainer too, that, uh, yeah, that one there is, that one's like chocolate to people that one is so popular because it's comfortable right now but it has a really soft outsole Mm -hmm. so you have a lot of the bend you would get yeah look at that i mean you can bend down to the almost to the midsole 
uh, or midfoot on that boot, which is comfortable out of the box. You still have ankle support. It's still Gore-Tex. It checks all the boxes for everybody. I don't know if you've got a oh, yeah. hands on that one yet. Check this one out. Run no, you. I know he is. Oh, me. Yeah, yeah. I, I followed a little I saw it that weekend in Arizona when, oh, when Adam right. had him on. That's yeah, right. they were really comfortable. I think that I think this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Something you said earlier, you said for an elk hunt, you you are looking for, you you kind of point people towards a boot that's got more support to it, right? Well, I mean, generally, yes. But the problem is, like you said, everyone's foot is different. And and, and this is going to sound like, well, of course it's all different. But the reality of it is it's hard to really pinpoint a boot for someone. So if someone's going on, like if we're going from what I call like your front country hunt or your back country hunt, mm-hmm. and then what are we doing primarily? Are you going to do this elk hunt every year with your buddies? Are you doing like a mule deer elk hunt? What are we going to change up? Because spring bear too, we also want to consider, right? Because that's just steep and deep kind of stuff. So I want to make sure that you can, I'm looking at the person that's looking for this boot. You know, get them on the Brannock device, find out their size. And I even ask them like, can I see your ankle dorsal flex? Like try to sit on your feet and see how far that knee can come over those toes. And we'll have an idea of okay, well, we're a little limited, so let's find you a boot that's going to help you out, that's going to be comfortable with you on these hikes. So and you're, you're talking heel movement, right? Heel Based movement. Based on how their yeah. knee hinges? If, if, they can, if they can plant that foot down and bring that knee over the toes, how far can they get before that ankle starts to come up? That's mm. going to be a little of that range of motion because that's going to tell us if they're taking a step and they land heel and they're moving through, and then by the time their knee, like if they're going up steep terrain and that knee gets over the toes and their heel keeps lifting, they're going to have blisters by, I mean probably their first mile, two miles, depending on how steep it is. So we don't want to set that precedent. That's mm-hmm. going to be a, a like a death a hunt. Yeah. So it, it just trying to answer those questions. So if someone's going on an elk hunt, you know, what boot do you use now? I use the blankety blank, but I just want to do something different. All right. Well, hey, look, if you like that boot, I, I wouldn't recommend going anywhere. We know it works for you. Just like you got guys coming in talking about all kinds of stuff that, well, this works. So I just want to change it. Why? why? Yeah. It, it works for you. Unless you're just like, you just want to, hit reset and try it all over again and you like that process, great, then let's talk about it. But if you're just like, hey, I got, only got a few months and I don't know, I just want to do something different, let's not. I don't want this hunt to go that way for you. Let's stick with what you know or let's see other boots that are in that category to give you that same fit and feel. We all know what it's like to have that boot that fits like the glass slipper, that Cinderella effect that I mm-hmm. call it in the showroom. Mm-hmm. If you can't put that boot on and feel that aha moment of what's comfortable, we're chasing it. And I don't want to chase it. Let's just stick with what's comfortable. So most times like Porter, if he's saying like, oh, I love the Scarpa Mescalito, the Mescalito by Scarpa, the Mountain Trainer 2, the Bal- uh, Baltoro 1110 by Zamberlin are all kind of in the same category. Mm-hmm. I can bring all those boots out and have someone try them. A lot of those have the same flex, right? Very same much so. Feel. All same within st- the three categories. Same yeah. stiffness. Yeah. Yep. Jared, talk us through stiffness of a boot and how we kind of tackled that yeah so that was in that initial phase like you helped me a lot with the the flex rating so we have a one to five one being like a trail runner and then all the way up to five you know the stiffest mountain boot probably like that zamberlin 2092 right there this guy yep so we try and you know give you give the customer you know a pretty good idea of of the flex of that boot just looking at that number <clears throat> so it's and you can go on the website you can filter by flex like you can gotcha. filter by all those type of things and, and look for those specific boots yeah you can you can filter <clears throat> within the shop which is a good starting point i would say for a lot of people i mean a boot like this has its use case scenario but it's probably not for everybody yeah. right it's definitely the, the flex five is definitely our most returned boot because i think a lot of people like 
oh, it's Steve Nasty, whatever country. I'm going to get the stiffest boot I can find. And then they get him and they're like, that is literally walking on a board and that's not going to work for me. Who do you think needs a Flex 5? What type of hunt? What type of hunter? Who who likes a Flex 5? Mm. Stiffest boot we got. Goat hunters. Brandon. Brandon. Brandon in our office loves a stiff yeah. boot. He's just like every day in that, that Scarpa. So. Mm-hmm. There's probably something to, um, you know, Brandon's a, a bigger guy. He's probably six two, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two hundred pounds. He's a yeah. you know bigger dude, and there's probably something to that. I think, I think I heard somebody say one time the essentially the further up the mountain you go, the more boot you need, and both yeah. in terms of materials, you know, just more durability and also stiffness and height. Yeah. Uh, and there's probably something to that. Same with pack weight. The yeah. more pack weight you're going to carry, the bigger your IR. You probably need a little bit more rigidity in your mm-hmm. your sole and your boot. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's why he likes that stiff soled boot. Um, yeah, I, I would say yeah, flex five. There's probably not that many people unless you really know that you love mm-hmm. a stiff boot and you can break that in, or you know guys that are going into super steep yeah. high alpine country. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. sheep hunters, uh, goat hunters potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, steep and deep mule deer guys too. Steep, yeah. yeah, maybe some steep and deep mule deer guys. Um, Spring bear. How much break-in time do you think you would need for something like that? I would say quite a bit. I mean, you know, if you're going, if you're, if you're planning a October hunt, mm-hmm. I would. I mean, I would get them as soon as you can. And just right now, breaking them in. <laughs> yeah, like I am shocked by the number of boots that we sell. Like in September, like yeah, you know I know, I mean? I like guys <clears throat> or guys. You know, hey, I got a, a a hunt in a week. I need some boots. You know, I I don't know if you've ever done it. I've done it. I've, I've I don't recommend it. it. No, I did it this <laughs> last year. I literally put boots on my foot, like hiking away from the truck for the first time. Ouch! Um, but I would not. <laughs> That's recommend a scary that. proposition. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and then four, four would be the next next stiffest. Three is kind of the middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, a boot. I mean, is this a three flex? Mm-hmm. So this is the Salewa Mountain Trainer Mid. This is a three flex. Yeah, that Alverstone's a three. Alverstone's a three. So you can see that you've got pretty good flexibility. What uh, kind of what would you say is the that one's a little bit stiffer. Mm-hmm. What would you say the cutoff is as far as you could expect to have a boot show up to your house and put it on and it be comfortable without a much break in time? Is that a three flex, four flex? I would, I mean, there's, there's a four like that in Mocker Pro, I think would be in there. Like, yeah, I think I've never had any issues with that, but yeah. I've worn it right out of the box. Yeah. So I'd say a four probably. I mean, <clears throat> I get the question a lot and I'm sure Paul does too. Like, Hey, I want to do it all boot. <laughs> um, do you think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make in buying boots? I think so. I think it is too. I think people want a Swiss army knife yep. for boots and I don't, I don't think that's, there yeah, is one. Doesn't exist. And that's what I, I think Paul, he probably does the same thing. I try to explain that to him. Like, Hey, you can't yeah. like, you're going to lose stuff on both ends. If you get the yeah. the middle of the road, like try and do everything. Yeah. You're going to miss the early season flexible. You're going to miss the, you know, stiff, you know, there's, yeah, there is a compromise. Yeah. You have to compromise. Yeah. I mean, I say that I also understand the predicament that people could potentially be in that boots are three to 400 bucks a piece yeah. and you don't want to buy three or four pairs of different boots for different types of hunts that you're going on. Yeah. So I can certainly understand people wanting to buy, you know, the Swiss army knife mm-hmm. of boots. If you had to, like if I forced your hand, both of you, and yeah. I was like going to put you in a box and say, pick a boot that you think is the closest representation to a do all boot. What would you say? What would it be for you? I'll let Paul go first and then I'll adjust my answer. Paul, what do you a got? A do all boot. Um, Goodness, I'd have to say it'd be like the Hanwag um, Trapper Top or the Kennetrek Mountain Extreme. 
Four. God. Holy almighty. Four hundred. Trapper top. Yeah, the trapper yeah. top or the mountain extreme. For, uh, that, that kind of surprises me a little bit. Yeah, actually. No, I was a little shocked too. For that's, our, well, that's a heavy duty boot. <laughs> I kind of got like, it's only because. And, and again, this is for you, so you can you can explain. Is it, it. my boot? Yeah, yeah, for you or for just a customer. Oh, for me, uh, Alberstone, and I'll just freeze. <laughs> See, I'm not a, I'm not like a late season guy, other than like the January uh, mule deer stuff, or maybe like a javelina hunt or something. Yeah. But like the, the majority of the guys that we get that come in, they, they are your October to late November guy. Gotcha. So that's why I thought the boot that would be better for them if they're like, well, I might draw a mule deer tag. Well, I might do this. Then the boot that can take you to all those mites is probably one of the ones that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. You can wear a thicker sock. You can change your insole. You can, you know, do all these different things to kind of help regulate some of the insulation. If you're going to be like an all around guy, I'm going to kill a bear in the spring. I'm going to hunt deer in August and I'm going to kill a bull in September, the Alverstone. That guy I, right there. I would kind of agree with that. And that's one of the trickiest sizing boots that we have mm-hmm. in the shop. So um, it's it's a narrow boot. And it's built to be a narrow, like, technical type boot. Mm-hmm. They did come out with a double E, a wide version mm-hmm. of that, that fits a standard width foot mm-hmm. well. So it's kind of, that's why it's tricky to size people into that boot. But I, I would agree with with his statement. For me, I think it would be... The Macra, the Hanwag Macra Combi was my boot. Mm-hmm. I wear it all the time. So I would go with the Macra Pro. Yeah. My feet run warm, so I can, if it's late season, I can just adjust my sock and wear a gaiter. Gotcha. That will probably take me yep. to most anywhere that I want to go. Gators are unsung heroes. Yeah, I would agree. I love this boot too. It's <clears throat> it's a four flex. Uh it's pretty stiff. I didn't have yeah. any issues, like I said, breaking this boot in, but I this has kind of been my go-to as well. The Macro, I wore the Macro Trek, which is a lighter version, and yeah. then the Macro Pro. And I wore it mule deer hunting, I wore it elk hunting, and it kind of did everything that I wanted it to do. So I would have to agree with you. The Alverstone's another one. Do you know, yeah. is the Alverstone the best-selling boot in the... It probably is. you know? Yeah, I think so. For Hanwag especially, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Hanwag Alverstone would be kind of a yeah. good catch-all. Yeah, and that's where, like, if somebody wanted to do it all boot, that's kind of yeah. where I would start, you know, and adjust from there. Because you were mentioning before, like, where you transitioned from, like, front country going mm-hmm. kind of up the hill. This is where I feel like based on height, because when I talk to people in the showroom, it is, our height is one that you can have a guy who's 5'6", you can have a guy who's 6'11", and they can both weigh 200 pounds. Leverage and weight is going to be one thing. That boot is only going to be able to take so much of either one of those guys before it's going to start to like outperform what we need it to do. Hence, mm-hmm. really tired feet. Uh, that plantar fasciitis where we feel like that heel that heel is just driving and it's inflaming that fascia in the foot and it's just going to hurt and suck. So when you transition from like let's say antelope in front country, based on what Jared was saying. Mm-hmm. I would probably recommend something that's going to have a stiffer toe box for people. So now we can shorten our steps instead of like taking such long gates and striking with the heel. You can now shorten that gate up, just land on your toes and just toe into your, sorry, microphone, toe into your soil as mm-hmm. we go up. Let the boot do the work. Let the larger muscle groups in your legs do the work. Like you mentioned, using a trail runner for an elk hunt, your calves are torched. You might, you can stand there and do like toe raises or, or calf raises for mm-hmm. like, nine miles and it's going to feel the same thing as wearing a soft boot with 60 to 80 pounds on your back for blank miles in, in the terrain. So finding something that's got a slightly stiffer outsole, something that'll help bend a little bit. So mm-hmm. you have your range of motion, but stiffening up the shank is my transition from the front country boot to now a back country boot for mule deer, whether it's, um, 
an October rifle tag, a uh, September elk tag with your bow, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do, something that's going to give your foot support. Because I tell people in the showroom, you have your metatarsals or your toes that'll bend. And then you have your your ankle that hinges. That midfoot doesn't bend at all. So we need something that's going to be comfortable under the midfoot. If you have a boot that you use in half, that foot's going to end up taking a beating. So I'd say for anyone who's looking at like, you know, I like to hunt in the front country with my dad or my friends or whatever. That's great. You can work whatever's comfortable for you. You can go out and have, I've seen people wearing vans and just work boots by Wolverine and Justin's and George's and all those. But once you start to change terrain, everybody's different, but I would recommend something that you can tow in. That's just as comfortable as you walking upstairs over and over and over. And that's and, that. Comfort. And you get that through your insole, right? So it's a, um, most of these, in my understanding is that like, if you go from something that's got uh, super, like a lot of flex to it, mm-hmm. you're probably looking at a three quarter length TPU midsole, right? Yep. Versus something like this, <clears throat> this can track, you're talking a full length nylon midsole, like you're getting that rigidity and the mm-hmm. stiffness in it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying, right? As you're moving into that backcountry stuff, you're at that point looking for a stiffer fit, a full length. You're wanting something that's going to like, that's going to cater to what you're needing it to do. And I think that's where sometimes we get lost in like conversations of like, I just need a boot because we've always been used to maybe just grabbing something that works and we're gone. But we're now again, going from just comfortable footwear to what I would consider performance footwear. This is a different demand Mm. because this will ruin hunts for people. And that it really sucks one, someone comes back from a hunt, like, yeah, like there was one gentleman I was talking to, he had a mule deer hunt in Nevada and, um, he had a pair of boots that just, they ate him up. He said he was walking out in just like some, some stocking like moccasins. He goes, I had to wear those cause my feet were shot, man. I mean, that would essentially ruin someone's hunt if he didn't really give up on the fact that there's deer here. I'm hunting him. I had my opportunity mm-hmm. and he stayed, but I mean, that, that's a really crappy experience. Yeah. Sore, um, sore feet will ruin your hunt real quick. Yeah. And you imagine someone who's spent the money on a non-resident tag who's made the drive to get all the way over there. Mm-hmm. And like out of their eight days, they've just spent three duct taping their feet together. Yeah. I mean, that that's... Do you think, I think about it a lot. Do you guys think that this type of stuff is a, a big barrier to entry for people coming out West? I do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, like, I mean... I mean, if you're used to going to a tree stand and like, I don't know, I've never, literally never hunted in a tree stand. I don't want to, but <laughs> like if, you're, if you're used to like walking a quarter mile to this tree stand, like footwear is probably... For sure. You're just trying to stay warm. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. You're wearing those lacrosse about. boots out there. Yeah. 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 I think, I think it can be really overwhelming to know what kind of boot you should buy. Yeah. I mean, if you, I think we've probably got maybe 10 or 15 pairs out on the table and they're all wildly different. Oh yeah. And you're like, which boot would be the one that I would pick and why? I mean, you've got a tall 10 inch boot, you know, you've got some shorter ones, you've got different mixes of, you know, flex and stiffness and, you know, different fits. And I I think it would be hard. That's why I think it's interesting. Like I I would go back to the, the guides that we offer, right? So with, within each individual boot profile, (laughs) if you look through our website and you look on a boot and you're like, Oh, that might be an interesting boot. You click on it you look at the different fit ranges and then also read through the descriptions. Cause we tried, when we wrote those descriptions, we tried to write them in a way that we gave somebody an indication of what that boots best use case scenario is. Yeah. Uh, so read through those. Uh, also, I mean the flex that's, I would start there at flex. Uh, there's actually speaking of the flex, there's actually a description that goes along yeah, with, flex, with the flex like, trying to explain where that flex would work mm-hmm. best as it relates to terrain. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's ultimately what you're talking when you're talking the flex or the stiffness of a boot. Like I said, it's going to get stiffer the further up the mountain you get. Mm-hmm. And you know, the five flex is really, 
it's a limited category for guys that are going sheep, mountain goat hunting, and maybe like your most extreme steep terrain. Yeah. Everybody else is probably going to fall if you're talking mule deer or elk in that three to four flex range. Yeah. Somewhere. Yep. Let's talk materials real quick. Um, all leather boots, synthetic, leather synthetic. Why, when? <laughs> um, you got like all leather. So like full grain stuff, which is I mean, already kind of like naturally hydrophobic and water repellent. Probably maybe a little more insulating, but great for, I mean, anything really. Like Brady runs the hell out of those Tatra tops. Uh, I'm sorry, Trapper tops. Uh, I think the Tatra top's a great boot. Mm-hmm. Um, this new Brenner Pro is epic. Uh, I mean, Kenetrek, I think it's just one of those tried and trues because of leather. Abrasion resistance is there. Comfort is there. When it softens up and becomes supple or someone conditions it, like that's a glove. It is just on there, which is really nice. That's one thing I like about an all leather boot mm-hmm. is that it really does tend to like mold and stretch to your foot and it, and it becomes really comfortable. You yeah. put the thing on, it feels like a, a hug on your foot. Like baseball yeah. gloves yeah. growing up. Yeah. You know, we used to just like like oil them, sometimes yeah. warm them up with the put, blow put dryer. Put oil on them? Man, like a ball would just like stick. Yeah, you and put that ball yeah. in there with the rubber band around yeah. it and stick it under your mattress Exactly. Yeah, and I then remember. you look at a boot like that and your foot's that ball. We want it to just like mop in. Um, then you move over to like your hybrid stuff. So new buck is the same as actually full grain. It's actually just been like, like buffed. buffed. Yeah. Uh, kind of adds a little texture to it and already that abrasion resistance. You're just changing up what full grain was, but then they make it a hybrid. So then you like blend in synthetic up in the cuff with leather in the bottom. So you've got durability in the lower and then you're getting a lot more mobility up in the ankle with synthetic and breathability, which is really, really comfortable. I love a hybrid boot. I've ran... Lost Sportiva Trango Towers when I first started hunting, which is a mountaineering boot. Mm-hmm. But hunting in California, it was all just stiff along the eastern Sierras or steep. So I liked a stiff boot and it worked for me. And then now that I've changed terrain and I moved out here, uh, the Alverstone's gone with me on mule deer hunts and it was very comfortable. It's gone to the desert flats chasing javelina. Um, I look forward to taking it on all my hunts this year. Um, and then you run into just your synthetics, which like you guys said, was the ever popular Macra Combi, the um, Equilibrium. Uh, is that the ST? The, yeah, yeah. Is the ST. Yeah, yeah, clear view. Um, the Salewa Ortless. I think that's the Ortless Light yeah. or the Ortless Mid. That yeah. one's really comfortable. I got one of the winter versions you yeah. got me, and man, that thing is really nice and insulated. Yeah, this is a full, full synthetic. Yeah, that's a really comfortable boot. I think that's what Lorenzo, the insulated version, what was it? Yep. He wore to Canada on that, yep. that sheep hunt. Do you, to me, I like a synthetic early. Right, like mm-hmm. early season hot weather when breathability yeah. is a, a premium. Um, my feet can get really hot in a full leather boot and they can sweat out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are comfortable, but I agree with, uh, you know, they got their time and their place. Mm-hmm. Um, any other use case you could think synthetic? I mean, mostly early season stuff. Is that the primary use case scenario for a full synthetic boot? Um, I would think also, like, don't look away from wet conditions. Synthetic dries a lot quicker than leather. Like Mm -hmm. if this thing wets out, you've got a long day of trying to dry these things out. Right. You know, sometimes you might want to put them by your stove or try to get like your, uh, the boot warmers we carry. Mm -hmm. If you need those for a hunt, you know, it's going to be wet take something that's going to benefit you. But otherwise synthetic dries fast. It breeds really well. It does a great job with like, like just beating up water, like, Mm -hmm. like water off a duck's back, but it's also porous. It mm-hmm. requires you to kind of condition it a little bit more, get that stuff out of there, clean that dirt and the sediment, the blood. Uh, I just dropped an article. Um, I wrote an article for Brady and the guys not too long ago about cleaning your stuff up. You're sitting around hanging out, clean your boots, don't let them sit because they dry out and you go to put them on. 
and uh, it just dehydrates a lot of that. Not that the material's hydrated, but you know, it dries out material. And then you got something soft like synthetic with a full rubber rand. And if you happen to have like a really soft outsole like this one, that synthetic's going to start to wear and wear and wear. And if it's full of dirt and stuff, it's mm -hmm. just going to end up ripping on you. Gotcha. I mean, it's a high wear point anyways. <clears throat> the shelf yeah. life on synthetic's probably shorter than leather, but... Um, Some more durability in a leather boot? I think so. I think so for sure. But the comfort in synthetic is like, damn, it's hard to pass up. Yeah. They're comfortable, man. They're really yeah. comfortable. Especially early season, hot, you know, hot, wet, early. Yep. Yeah, lightweight. So you're you're gaining way lightweight. You're gaining that. It's definitely a lot lighter on your foot than a full leather boot. Yep. When do you when do you wear a full leather boot? Who buys the full leather boot and why? I mean, I think a lot of that traditional hunters still like that that leather boot. I've I've honestly personally stayed away from them quite often because I'm I just don't like the the weight penalty i guess sure but i say that and that's the boot i wore this year like walking away from the truck putting it on my foot was literally a tall leather insulated boot that i've never worn before in my life what was it it was the white sloxa gotcha yeah how was it it was amazing like i didn't have any problems with my feet i literally never i tried that boot on but i had never worn it on a trail before <clears throat> and we were at eleven thousand feet in a foot of snow i i tried on that white uh oahi yeah. Super comfortable. Yeah. 100%. Felt, felt plush yeah. under my foot. I was impressed. <laughs> so. I think people, I, I think of the times that I've chosen to wear a leather boot, I, I've worn them in, you know, late season because I think they are more watertight yeah. than a synthetic or a synthetic blend yeah. with leather. Uh, I think it's nice that you can treat them with like a snow seal or a, wa a leather conditioner or a waterproofer. Mm. Uh, I think they're a little bit easier to maintain just because mm. they are a full piece one, you know, leather. I mean, if you look at that Kenetrek I got in my hand, it's one full piece of leather. Oh, yeah. uh, I think they're more durable for, for, for sure. I think yeah. the lifespan of these, just I think one of the primary reasons you get a full leather boot's a lot more durable is just there's not much stitching in it. And when I've had synthetic boots or leather synthetic blends, where they felled on me is typically anywhere you've got some stitching mm -hmm. and it's almost always like the waterproofer that goes out on those first. Yeah. So my feet get wet, but yep. you know, they do dry quick, but I wouldn't want to have wet feet on a cold late season hunt. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, leather's definitely heavier, heavier, but I do find it more comfortable for the long haul. Yep. Yeah. I think it'll be more comfortable. It'll break in better to your foot mm -hmm. over the long haul for sure. I also think if you are that guy that you're looking, you're like, I've got, 400 bucks and that is everything i could put into a pair of boots and i need that boot to last me for the next three years yep. i would buy a full leather boot because i think you're yep. going to get better wear and tear it's easier to take care of it's going to last a whole lot longer yep yep you i think agree? you i think you hit the nail on the head taking care of the outside but don't forget to take care of the inside and the liner because yep. like you can take care of the outside all you want like if you mm -hmm. wear a hole in the liner or something then it's yeah it doesn't really matter yeah i think full leather takes you a lot further than some other boots does you know, especially, I mean, you think about some of these boots, they're, they're the cost of a tag. You know, I mean, goodness, how much yeah. do we save just to afford the tag or the license and yeah. the points and this and that, you know? So trying to maximize how much you're going to get to use your boot. I mean, there isn't one boot to rule them all, right? But we definitely want to feel like... <laughs> Is that a Lord of the Rings reference? <laughs> yeah. Brady, Brady'd love that shit. <laughs> yeah. He'd be so pumped right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I do believe that if we can, if we know, like if we're talking to someone... Like you said, let's, I wanted to get back, like that barrier of entry, that, that is steep for some people. And if we get to talk to them in the showroom and get to talk to them or, or they're looking at our website, 
to set the precedent of, look, we already know this has been hard for you. Let's get you in a boot that you don't have to worry about anything from season to season as you get going. And mm-hmm. then after that, we all know what it's like. You get bit by the bug and now we've got three to four to five to 12 <coughs> boots and we've got all this and that. Fine. That's cool. But let's get you in one now to maximize your opportunity, maximize the hunt you're getting ready to go, keep the stoke high, keep you excited and meet that expectation for you and then just enjoy your time outside. Yeah. That's it. And I think a leather boot is probably a better bet for them. And yeah. again, they can, yeah, it's a, it's a steep, it's a steep price point on some of this stuff, but you know, we want to guarantee like you don't have to worry about buying another boot for a while. If you take care of it, pull the insoles out, let them dry, mm-hmm. clean them out. Don't let, you know, fungus and stuff grow up in the, up in these things and, you know, save your boots. So what do you think the lifespan of a boot is? Like, what would you say? Like you get a full, like that trapper top there. How many years are you getting at it? I, I honestly still have my per, first pair of Zamberlin, like this guy fitters, yep. like probably at least 10 years old. I still have them. Right. So I think if you take care of them and I don't, I don't use them. I don't hunt in them anymore. Really. Sure. Uh, they're you, just bigger than, than what I want, but there's 10 years old and they're still going strong. Like, I think if you take care of them, um, you know, I think a lot of guys probably like will hunt the season, then they come home and just throw them in the closet and like they get dry and yeah. dry, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to last that long, but if you take care of them, man, I, yeah. I would say at least five years easy. Yeah. For, a hun- for hunters, I agree. I think it's like five to eight ish seasons, you know, depending on how many hunts you do easily. But, it's, you know. Yeah, it depends on the individual. I know... Mm-hmm. I would say typically like a full leather boot. Like let's take this. What is that? A Hanwag? Yep. Brenner Pro. Brenner Pro. Brenner Pro. It's a little bit softer sold, but I was thinking something like uh, like my Alaska GTX, my Hanwags. Mm-hmm. I could typically get like three years out of that. I would say like really hard hiking. Like mm-hmm. if I wore that thing all the time, but I could also have it resold if I yeah, needed yeah. to, mm-hmm. right? And I think you hunt a little more than your, your normal hunter, <clears throat> right? So. Yeah, yeah. I'm t- I'm talking a guy that like shed hunts in the spring. Yeah. You know, I would say two to three probably three years, I would say something like this Macra pro, you know, you might get two seasons out of it. I think if you're hunting a lot and hunting pretty hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and a synthetic, I mean, I could go through a synthetic pretty quick, like probably a year, I would say. So, I mean, that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, more bang for your buck. I feel like a full leather, you know, heavy duty boot, like the Alaska GTX or like the trapper top or, you know, some of the other ones that you see, the whites, for example, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you buy that, you're going to get three years out of it at least. Oh, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about boot fit. What type of questions you get about boots, how they fit? Like what type of boot, what type of brand, I guess I should say, for what type of foot? Do you have a good gauge on that? Yeah. Um, I know that like with Zamberlin, they run a little bit wider just naturally in the last. So maybe for guys with higher volume feet, I know that I can always trust a Zamberlin to fit fairly comfortably. Um, Scarpa also kind of makes their toe box like really wide in the pronation, like looking at it this way. For pronating, Scarpa gives you a little bit more room. Check out that that ribble, that ribble light. You can kind of see that toe box, how it widens out here. Mm-hmm. You know, for guys that might have like a longer lower arch, so there's more pronation or almost flat-footed. It's not the same thing. I shouldn't have done that, but they want more room on the outside for pronation or if they're supinating, standing on the outside of their feet. That might be more room for them. Uh, some guys, when they come in, they're always like, Man, I have a huge foot. And it's actually not. It's just maybe. Everybody I know says that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like if maybe. If I read through a, a comment section, they'll always, yeah. uh, inevitably, like, yeah. oh, they don't make boots for guys like me. You yeah. mentioned the comment <laughs> section earlier, and I just like, I was like, oh, like, yeah. I'll go like Facebook and mm-hmm. read through some of the comment sections, like, hey, stay away from Scarper. They're always narrow. I'm like, man, stop. Like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I hate when I see that. Like, hey, just this whole brand is narrow. Like, no, stop. Like, yeah. 
but let's talk about each one individual. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that there's that many, you know, the people out there don't have wide feet because obviously they do, but I think yeah. a lot more people think they have giant wide feet when yeah. reality is probably a little bit more. Well, and, yeah. and like Normal Jared said, there's, there's a misconception, a misunderstanding of like putting your foot in like an Irish setter from like 10 years ago and then dropping your foot into something like a, a climbing built boot. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking like, oh, it's way too tight. Well, not really. I mean, the leather's a lot tighter. The rand is a lot higher. Like this boot was built f- to map that foot that you could literally just walk on the outside of your feet along a hillside and it's never going to fail. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a different boot than what we're used to in something where you might feel like you're really walking on the outside of your boot and it's torsionally flexed. And so the expectation is different. And I think that's a big thing too, is when people hop in a boot, they're thinking, oh, it's way too tight. Well, let's think of the boot first. You know, like if you get into a small sports car and you're like six foot five and three ten, it's not the car. You know, like, like, let's change our expectations really quick. This is a performance thing that's built different for certain, for certain situations. And we're used to a big, like, let's say F-350 or something. That, those are two different scenarios. And I don't think, not only is it not, I'm not talking about just the poor boot. It's, it's, the, it's the person trying the boot. Don't do that to yourself, man. Don't give yourself that confusion and then talk yourself out of something that's probably actually going to work for you. So I would think, um, you know, we'll try it on. And usually when we're trying stuff on in the showroom, let's find something that doesn't work. That's a lot easier. The, the best part is when you find two or three boots, you're like, I can't make up my mind. Perfect. Then we did our job. Work backwards. Yeah. Let's find you something that's not going to work for you. And we can start like getting those out. And then if we can get you at the end of like, oh man, I've been, I'm stuck between these two. We'll just wear them around for a minute. If you're not in a rush, just yeah. hang out. See how they feel. Give your feet some second to uh, a time to swell up, sit in them, get up in them here. Let me show you the, let me show you the office real quick. We'll take a walk, see how you feel. And if you're like, dude, these are, these are just plush done Cinderella effects. What uh, what brand of boot for the people that do think that they need more room in the forefoot? What do you recommend? Is there are there brands are there individual boots that because inevitably you we'll we'll see the comment we'll get the question like oh, I have a wide nice. foot I need more foot volume in the front end. Those whites are really nice, I think. Whites? Yeah, I mean because uh, they the volume in they make a wide. I kind of hate to like just pigeonhole a brand, but there's sure. definitely models like the Alaska, the mm-hmm. Bet, this Brenner Pro. Like if I if I liked a tall. That would be my money boot right there. That Brenner Pro from yep. Honwag? Yep. Gotcha. And I agree with Paul. The Zamberlins tend to, to, to me, they feel like they've got a lot more foot yeah. volume than what I need. Yeah. They definitely feel wider through the forefoot. I mean, if you look at that boot right there, mm-hmm. you can see it's got a lot going on up, yeah. up top. They made, uh, you, I know you know this, though. they had that 966 Saguaro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I loved that boot. The only problem is, man, I could touch both sides of that boot with my feet, like moving my toes back and forth. And I was like, there's no way I can make myself want. I can't yeah. wear like two pairs of socks. I can't do an <laughs> insole. That boot is going to suck. But it grabbed the heel just right. The toe box and the volume over my midfoot was way too high. So that tells me, though, someone who's got a high midfoot and like a wider toe box, that's your boot. Let's get you into one. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, that that kind of matters. I think... Um, uh, again, like you said, not to pigeonhole a brand, but like that Hanwag and cash mm-hmm. is a really nice boot out of the box for those large volume feet, the Alaska and a wide, um, some of the Scarpas, Zamberlin, mostly the whites is nice. Cause they also have a high midfoot mm-hmm. and they're roomy overall. Uh, I think that'd be great for someone who feels like they have a lot of volume in their feet or need a larger boot. Um, yeah. You're kind of hitting all the ones that I was thinking of as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah white really, Zamberlin. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, Salewas are going to be narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, La Sportiva is going to be fairly snug, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. When I think about boot fit, I typically think volume. So the like the height mm-hmm. of your foot, how much volume do you have in the height of your foot? I think width at the forefoot. And then I think heel pocket, heel lock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we kind of talked through width and volume and, and we have some ideas, I think for guys that have got wider feet, I think the rest of the boots we carry are pretty normally mm-hmm. like medium width, right? Yeah. Kind of running a mill yeah. medium mm-hmm. width. <clears throat> what do you got for guys that have issues with heel blisters and heel, they have problems with their heels? Mm. And it's like, if we're looking at it, like if they have bone spurs, that's going to be a problem. Cause they've already developed that, that calcified area that's mm-hmm. been blistering and kind of healing that's sticking off on the back already. Um, you know, if we want to, I mean, to get down, I mean, obviously we're doing a podcast, so we'll get down to the nitty gritty of it. But like if an insole helps, because mm-hmm. if it's going to support that arch a little bit more on the inside, that foot's not waffling out so much, that foot's not moving so much in the boot. Mm-hmm. So if we need to throw like a super feet insole, or if there's an insole that maybe, uh, a doctor recommends or just find something that supports your arch that can help limit the range of motion of that foot quite a bit. So going back to like ankle dorsiflexion, if we're kind of walking in a boot that's too stiff and you need that mobility, then we need to back ourselves out. So you we were talking about like, what's one boot that, you know, that guy can probably have, it really depends on his foot as well. <clears throat> I, um, I summited one of the peaks here, uh, up on Mount Charleston in Nevada, and I wore the Hanwag Sirius twos. Oh yeah, um, those things absolutely tore my feet apart. Yeah, they're the, super stiff. Super stiff. But I was thinking, you know, you're going from <laughs> six, you know, seven thousand feet to eleven thousand something. Mm-hmm. You need, you're going to be climbing. That trail was so well maintained, and yeah. it was so gradual. Yeah, that that was the wrong boot because there was no flexibility. Mm-hmm. I should have just been on my toes the whole time, but I've only been taking like eight inch steps. Mm-hmm. I should have probably put my Salewa Mountain Trainers on or something else. What I'm getting to is. My range of motion at six foot five, taking the steps I was taking, that was not the boot for me. Plus, once my feet swelled and that boot got heavier, like now my heels are dragging. Mm-hmm. It's just, dude, I've lost. I lost that battle. So that was a really good lesson learned um, to, to dial it back and to know my terrain and to know my boot and to know my mobility. So um, I think that what's really nice about like you're that Macra pro you're holding notice how the synthetic here is kind of like stitched around the leather that's going to fold a lot mm-hmm. easier for someone who needs to maybe bend down sit on their toes you know climb up steep terrain they're going to get that range of motion a bit more which benefits them for someone who's got maybe a stiffer boot that might be too much or a stiffer foot i'm sorry a limited range of motion that might be too much so that's why i want to talk to people about hey man let's go ahead and how, how far can you in that boot with your feet planted on the ground how far can you get that knee over those toes? And and if they're limited, perfect. Let's go down. Yeah. The questioning goes a different route. So I know if I get blisters, it's on my heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always on my heel. And it's typically, typically like you're saying, because it's the wrong boot for what I'm trying to do with it. It's mm-hmm. too stiff mm-hmm. through the sole, or I haven't broken it in mm-hmm. or, uh, the heel pocket just doesn't fit me. And I, I've got kind of a narrow heel. And for me, I like, the Salewa, I like the heel pocket in the Salewa. I mm-hmm. think it's got the best, most comfortable locking heel pocket. Yeah. Uh, the length on them is a little off for me for some reason, yeah. just the length of my foot. I also think the Hanwag has a really nice heel pocket. Yeah. Yep. Is there are there others that you can think of that like you get you know customers that come back and say, hey, I like the heel. You know, I normally have heel blisters, but I don't anymore because yeah. I wear this boot. I think a lot like Kenetra gets that bad reputation mm-hmm. i think from tearing up a lot of people's heels but for a lot of people they fit them really it, really well yeah so like I, it's so hard like it's so specific to the person mm-hmm. like two of the boots you mentioned the salewa and the hanwag they have like hanwags all have really good like leather heel cups in them mm-hmm. and then this, all the salewas have that 3f system that like really lock your your heel in yep so man it's just so specific to the person and then the boot yeah 
Uh, I'm the same way with Kenetrek, and they just tear my feet up. Yeah, so. they eat they eat my heel yeah. alive, and it doesn't seem to be how many miles I put on or yeah. what I do. I just can't get my heel yeah. to quit moving in that yeah. boot. And for yeah. some reason, it just moves around. But I know I'm like you. I know a ton of people who absolutely love that boot. Yeah. I mean, we, and initially we didn't even have Kenetrek in the shop yep. because of that yeah. reputation. I think Porter, they they tore Porter's feet up, so we didn't even bring him in initially. Yeah, but I have a lot of people. In fact, the, the first the first real money I spent on a pair of boots was a pair of Kenetrex, Yeah, and I wore them to death. Yeah, I mean, I wore those things. I wore clear through the sole, <laughs> and they were phenomenal. They yeah. were awesome. Oh, nice. I've since had two pairs and tried to make them work, and they just... For whatever reason, I don't know if they changed something in the, you know, the overall make, like the stitch or, you know, the way they build that boot. But for whatever reasons, the subsequent pairs I've had of them have eaten my heel up. Oh, and, maybe, right. and maybe it's my, you know, maybe my dimensions change. I'd yeah. probably put on some weight and <laughs> my, my mobility's probably suffered for sure. Well, I think as you get older too, your feet widens out. Yeah, like my feet have gotten wider for yeah. sure. Yeah, I went from, uh, that's another thing that's probably worth noting is I went from wearing a 10 and a half all through my 20s to now I'm on an 11 and a half in my 40s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a full size difference. Well, I think uh, a lot of people, I, well, I, I should say for me, like I didn't really know what size boot. That first pair of Zamberlins, like my first high-end pair of boots, I bought the wrong size. Mm. Like, too big or too small? Too big. Too big. And I, I wore them on a, it was a... Uh, early season New Mexico, like backcountry, mm -hmm. and it was hot, and I oh. they tore me up. Um, and that's one reason, like our sizing on the the website, like we literally have a video mm -hmm. that will walk people through like sizing their foot length and width to try and get the right size. So, and you can compare that to the profiles on each yeah. individual boot. Yeah. So, how should a boot fit? How much room would you guys suggest, Paul? What do you Snug. think? We snug. want it to be, yeah. So to me, like, like snug I tell throughout, people. Snug in the length, snug in the heel. There's this really weird thing. But when people go to put their foot in a boot, you can hear almost like them push the air out of the air cup. It's like, and yeah. it just drops in. <laughs> and when you hear that, their contact being made into the heel cup is like, that thing shouldn't move. You're mm -hmm. feeling it. And you can hear it. Now up in the front is where people can feel like, oh, well, it's a little tight. If you ever had a really good handshake, you don't want the handshake that's busting your knuckles. You want the handshake that's nice and firm and comfortable. That's what we're looking for in the toe box is just something that's right on the outside of the feet, snug and comfortable because we need to give the boot the chance to break in. Let the leather soften up. Let that toe box break in on your wear point. Let that foot move. And again, get it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Give it a few months if need be you know, mow the yard with it, take a dog for a walk after dinner, whatever you need to do, but give the boot the chance. Cause if you don't, that boot's not going to give you a chance on the mountain. It's over with. I think it's a so, good analogy, a handshake. I never thought about yeah, it. Like yeah. That. It's snug. Yeah. It's yeah, really you don't, snug you don't, you don't want a dead fish. Nope. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> and you don't want the guy that tries to rip your hand off. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So that's what it's we're like looking for. It's like a nice for. firm handshake. Yeah. yeah. Nice firm handshake. That's how a boot should fit. That's it. A nice I think you mentioned it earlier too, like putting a, a new pair of boots or something on and it's just like, oh, oh, wow, that is nice. You know, yep. like that's a good, that's like right yeah. off the bat. And the insoles, obviously, in these boots are all garbage. Yeah. So I would yeah. definitely recommend we'll, changing those We'll get those into out. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I like about a finger width in the end. Oh, we're at the front? Uh, of a, of a oh, boot. yeah, in the yeah. toe box. I was going to yeah. say, I don't know if it's okay to say the rule, like the rule of thumb. Like, the rule of thumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a thumb's width up there. Mm -hmm. And I think as you get in a stiffer boot, I want more room up there, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're coming downhill in a stiff boot, like you're, Foot swelling going to go. Yep. Yeah. Foot swelling descent. But yeah. If we, I usually like on the Brannock device, wherever they land, the heel cups all the way in the back. We do the sizing, put a finger in the front, wherever that finger ends up, that's the size we should consider. Cause some people come in like, well, I wear a nine in vans. 
but their toes like at the end of the tennis shoe. It's like, yeah, but we're hanging out in our car. We're sitting behind the desk. This isn't real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we want to have a real, so like what we'll do, it's what's nice about these rubber rands is you can just take like a nail and mark the, mark the leather and go, was your toe right about there? And someone's like, uh, it's a little farther up. Okay. We need to, we need to come up a bit. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. Like the rule of thumb or just give them like a, like a half inch or so, uh, or to an inch in front of the feet. That is a big difference maker. So I don't know if... Yeah, typically what I'll do is I'll put the boot on, I'll lace it up snug, mm-hmm. uh, scoop my heel, kind of the back of the boot, and mm-hmm. I'll give it a little toe kick, right? Take, mm-hmm. You know, kick my toe into the yep. end of the ground. And I can usually gauge like how much room I've got the, in the end of the boot to mm-hmm. kind of see if it's going to be enough. But I know that, yeah, the, the two spots, if I get blisters, it'll be a heel first and foremost. The other one will be the boot's too short and I've yeah. got a heavy pack on and I'm going downhill. Yeah. And it just, I've got a longer second toe. I don't know. It has a name, actually. <laughs> has some sort of has some sort of heritage that goes back to my German heritage, too. <laughs> oh, Long, really? Yeah, longer second toe. It looks weird. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to be on Feet Finder, but... Um, <laughs> Um, oh, I thought yeah. I found you on there. Yeah, yeah you found me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, it'll it, it fits weird. But I'll get yeah. one on my second toe if I don't have a boot that's long enough. Mm-hmm. So there's been guys who've lost toenails from short boots. Yeah, yeah. for yep. sure. Yeah, I've literally had blisters on the inside of my pinky toe for too narrow of a boot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you like. Holy cow! Yeah, squeezing bad. your feet together. Yep. yep. Yeah. I like that analogy of a handshake. I think that's yeah, good. good. Yeah, that helps a lot. Nice job, Paul. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> insoles. Do you guys replace your insoles? Every time. Before I All ever put the boot on. Yeah, 100%. I literally had a customer in here yesterday. He was trying those boots on, and he went home with them. And uh, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't even try these. Like, don't try these on without insoles that actually fit your foot. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to talk to all these companies, I'm like, hey, why do you guys do this? Like, it's a $400 pair of boots. Mm-hmm. And they... I mean, Hanwag honestly is probably one of the worst. Like, if you pulled the insult out of that boot right no, now, we did like a piece of cardboard. I just did a video and I that's exactly <laughs> what I said. I'm like, this insole sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they all tell me the same thing. Like, hey, we're making these boots to fit the vast amount of foots, feet and foot feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the the largest amount of people feet. out there that we can. We expect customers that are paying this amount of money for boots to get an insole that fits their foot. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I, yeah, I probably won't even buy that boot. Throw the insole away before I ever put it on my foot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you do too. You replace the oh, insoles. Oh yeah, like it's kind of funny, but like I have super feet at home in the boxes still, and uh, some aren't cut yet. But I have a bunch that I will take out and like put in all of. So like my Alverstones have a set of super feet. My Sirius have a set of super feet because um, I take out the the insole and uh, I'll map my insoles mm-hmm. the new ones and i'll cut them so they fit exactly yeah but i will swap them all so all my like my major hiking boots will have a stiffer um super feet uh insole and then my lighter stuff will have the the max hike or now it's just called the super feet hike adapt hike i'll have that one and then they have a trail run or a running insole i'll have in my boot just because my arch i have a, a mid arch very standard arch but i collapse a lot and stuff and man the movement just kills my feet so having an arch support is really really comfortable it helps to eliminate sometimes or, or prevent plantar fasciitis as well when your foot is having to work that hard and the the fascia plantar fascia from the heel to right behind the toes here once that keeps stretching and stretching that loosens up we get up in the morning sometimes we put our boots on we're like oh damn it like we stepped on attack mm-hmm. that's why there's inflammation in there from that foot working too hard an insole can sometimes help whether it's a dr Scholes, it doesn't matter just 
And some people are like, well, I have really flat feet and I've seen them and you can like, they have a really long, low arch. You still got an arch. Let's mm-hmm. just, th- and I tell people, and I'm very honest with them. I said, look, I don't want to say this is a requirement. I just recommend if you haven't looked into it yet, check it out. Cause all it does is help your feet a little bit more. Or if they have a, um, what's that foot doctor? I forgot the name. Not a podiatrist, is it? No. Yeah. Podiatrist. podiatrist yeah. Doctor. No. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they have an insole that they recommend for you, ask for two to throw them in your hunting boots and your tennis shoes or something. But I think insoles are worth it because you're spending the money on a boot like this. Please don't think that the insole on the inside is going to be any good for you. <laughs> I'm like, I, I joke with people, take this out, cut a circle, make it a koozie on your table because that's about as all it's good for. That sucks. Get yourself a good. It does suck. Yeah. But for, for performance footwear, like when we were doing a lot of ski boot fits and people are spending the same amount of money on a shell or a ski boot, that insole isn't worth anything. You got to pull them, get you new ones because mm-hmm. it's a performance footwear. It's a different thing. So yeah. it I does kind of suck. I guess it is one of those things where I'm, you know, you're trying to make a product that fits the widest array of people, but yeah. man, there's sure a lot to be desired for most of these oh, insoles. Yeah. yeah. Also, another thing I recommend, and, and again, I also want to say that for some people, maybe you don't have to. I don't think you should listen to me about everything. If you feel like you're comfortable, fine. But if you wear your boots a lot and you pack out an insole, change them because that insole is not going to maintain that yeah, comfort compact. year after Yeah, Pull them out and just buy another crappy pair if you want to. Or when you're breaking your boots in, break them in with the insoles. And then when you're done breaking them in, then put your good insoles in. Because mm-hmm. now you have a comfortable brand new insole under that arch. And now you have a nice broken in boot and they're just going to marry well together. Yeah. I'm stubborn and I'm kind of a dummy. So I always just buy them and I wear the regular insoles. And I've done that for years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. I know this last year I had this exact boot and I wore it through my whole mule deer hunt. I wore it on that elk hunt. I packed up that elk and I... You know, I would get back. It was a nine-mile one-way hike. And I'd get, I'd get back to the truck that night and be like, man, my feet are sore. Oh, yeah. They are tender, <coughs> you know? And I came home from that, and I just threw in uh, super feet, just an aftermarket insole, and it was a nine-day difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were infinitely more yeah. comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's one thing that saved me on this elk hunt when I had those brand-new whites. I mm-hmm. literally took the insoles that I know and use and put them in those boots. I mm-hmm. was, you know, that far ahead. I will say some of the insoles, the different boots, I mean, I, those ones I tried on in the warehouse last week, some of them do have better insoles. I wouldn't say it's like every insole yeah. is absolute junk. I would yeah. say they're probably not as good as an aftermarket, no mm-hmm. matter the brand. Some of them are better than yeah. others, though. Um, I would call that Hanwag and say, I these are rubbish. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and also the Salevas, I don't really like their insoles either. Yep, no. Yeah, they don't really they're work. They're really thin. Yeah, they're super thin. They're, they're super thin. Yeah, they don't really work for me. Some of them, the whites I thought were decent. Yeah, yeah I think whites are de- decent. There's some other ones. Um, Zamberlin makes a thick one. Yeah, Zamberlin's got a really plush. thick one. Yeah, yeah if you want to run plush. it, you, by all means you could, but yeah, um, it'll pack out. I I agree. Yep. Um, What else? Oh, insulation. Mm-hmm. You guys recommend mm-hmm. insulation for boots? When, how much? I get that question yeah, all the time. What do you a, think? That's another tough one. Like I, yeah. my feet run warm. And so I've literally never worn an insulated boot. I will just adjust my sock mm-hmm. so for later season hunts. I'll just have a really good, you know, like a darn tough 2013 or something. Um, I say that and I wore an insulated boot this last season, which was that, that white's boot and had 400 grams of insulation. Temperatures were like single digits before wind chill and a ton of snow and my feet the only time my feet got cold were we were riding the side-by-side out. Hmm. After we'd packed the elk out, you know, I had gotten sweaty, and I just sat there in that cold temperatures. Mm-hmm. They got cold. But other mm-hmm. than that, I was I was good. So Gotcha. 
You insulated, uninsulated? I'm an uninsulated guy, but I hunt like August through September, mm-hmm. and then I'm then I'm in, usually in the showroom October, November, December, and then January maybe go chase javelina. But I mean, Arizona is not bad. We had that snow flurry that hit us this year when we were up there, and it dropped like eight inches of snow on us. And I was in Alverstones, and boy, was that a bad idea. It was just cold. Cold. You know, it was just cold. That's all there was to it. So yeah, I think I mean, and I think Brady was in his Brenner's, and he was just sitting there smiling. He was fine. He was mm-hmm. comfortable. So I think it's definitely based on what you're doing the majority of the year. You know, um, Nate is great with this. He said he's he runs the 400 uh, uh, Mountain Extreme 400s. Mm-hmm. And all he does is he just like dials back his socks. He'll go lightweight sock early on when he's scouting. He'll go heavyweight sock when he's hunting. Um, you know, like give your feet room to breathe. If you're going to do insulated, that's fine. But I mm-hmm. think they're fantastic. Like White's makes that really nice one with Prima Loft insulation yeah. in it which is great for your late season hunts. Uh, or if you run cold, mm-hmm. we have some guys like, look, man, I, I mean, it could be 65 and I'm freezing. We're like, yeah, well, let's insulate yeah. your feet a little bit then. Depends on how much hiking you're doing too, how True. active, how active yeah. you are. And, you know, different people sweat more than others. Like yeah. Jared said, my feet sweat like crazy. So it yeah. seems like it doesn't matter. If yeah. I wear an insulated boot, my feet just sweat that much more. Yep. Yeah. It just yep. sweats right out yeah. super fast. Because I think 400 grams is good from zero to 30 degrees if you're moving. But mm-hmm. if you sit in glass and that stuff, like you're just going to get cold blood's yeah, not then, flowing the way it should. Yeah, then you're having a whole other discussion. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so. some manufacturers that don't even, like that serious boot, like they don't even put a grams of insulation rating on, on it. it. They just put a temperature rating on it. So, mm-hmm. again, it's such a personal thing. Like even that that bull of Campos out there, that was a late season nasty. And I had insulated boots. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know, I just adjusted my socks. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I think it depends, like like a lot of things with boots and footwear, a lot of it's subjective. I would typically tell people, uninsulated all the way to like middle of October maybe, mm-hmm. if you get a little snow on the ground, you might want to think about a 200 or a 400 gram insulation moving into like November. They make boots that have more than 400 gram, 600, 800. To me, that's I'm not that guy. Like I'm not sitting in a tree stand. I'm, I think a lot of people, they, like initially I did the same thing when I was doing this. Like I didn't want to get cold so mm-hmm. i buy insulation and i got sweaty and got cold Cog got cold yeah so wet and that's cold. what people <laughs> i think do a lot they like well i'll just get insulated and i'll be warm i'm like that you'll probably be colder because you're going to sweat and then mm-hmm. your feet are going to you know if you're not keeping your feet and your socks dry you're going to get cold uh-huh. yeah. yeah i would say 200 grams is, is a fairly good like if you're hunting late september maybe high country to October, November, you mm-hmm. probably get away with 200. Otherwise, I just go uninsulated and adjust yep. your socks. Yeah. What yeah. do you guys do for socks? Do you, are you double layer? You layer them up? Do you do a liner and a sock? Liner and a sock. And then it's yeah. like a, a nylon liner? Yep. Like straight Ni- nylon, yeah. under sock, super mm-hmm. thin? Yeah, it definitely helps with the abrasion for me for blisters and everything. Saves my feet a ton. Can you I- explain that? And how? Yeah. So it, so when I used to work for the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, I was a scientific aid studying sheep for two years for the big pneumonia outbreak mm-hmm. in the Mojave National Preserve. My feet were getting killed. And one of the scientists out there, his name was John Wayhausen, and he was tell, he, he was putting on these, like, they looked like silk pantyhose that were about calf high. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. Let's take a look at this. You're like, all right. He threw on his socks. <laughs> he threw her. on his socks. And um, this this old this old dude would go and go and go. And at the time, I was wearing a, a Loa Renegade, and my feet were just killing me. So uh, later on in the season, I upgraded to um, Solomon Quest 3Ds, mm-hmm. best Solomon ever. And um, I went darn tough. I did a bunch of darn tough socks in those silk liners. I tried it. And that silk liner provides the barrier between, you know, the skin, your um, your 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 heels or your your wear points and that sock from getting hot. So like Jared was mentioning, you know, if you have a foot that's 
there's too much room in a boot. He mentioned it earlier, and he just got a lot of blisters. The heat alone causes a ton of friction. So by all means, you're in the desert. You're already hot. Sweat, friction, it's just it's a matter of time before you get a blister. And I felt that the liners, and they have continually helped create that barrier other than that hunt or hike up onto that peak to minimize blisters for me, which has been really, really comfortable. So I usually pack like two things of liners with me on a hunt if it's like six to eight days. So I have like a couple pairs for four days, a couple pairs for another, and again, rinse them out. Um, and then I just run darn tufts uh, as a so sock. In essence, you're moving the friction point not from like a darn tough sock to directly to your skin. The friction point now that that movement is between the two liners, is the it, liner yep. and the sock. Exactly. Yeah. Ver- versus just the sock riding yep. on your skin. And that's what, like, it's interesting if you, I did a whole, I read up a bunch on this. Like a lot of your, your blister is essentially caused by just moving over and over friction on yep. the same spot just sliding back yep. and forth like you could do it with your finger on your on your yep. hand if you wanted yep. just move it back and forth continue like you're mm-hmm. doing it would raise that blister it's yep. just that little little irritation yep. on your skin it's over time se- it separates the epidermis and then the epidermis and that space fills yeah. water well, and then that's what it is yeah yep and then pain train. Yep. Big, big words today from Paul. Yeah. Paul, <laughs> yeah. Paul. Paul's, Paul's a linguist. He's got lots of words today. Save your feet, people. I'm here yeah. to help you. But yeah, I don't wear a liner. Do you wear a liner? I don't. I never have. I, I have in the past when yeah. I've had boots that I've had blister issues with and it worked. Mm-hmm. So, you so, know. There's, so you don't there's wear a liner, t- although it works. Mm-hmm. And you don't use insoles, although they work. <laughs> hey, I'm gotcha. tough. Yeah. I'm tough. <laughs> yeah. I'm tough. I felt bad for the toe thing. Now I think I'm going to just like, ah, you deserve the longer I'm toe. I'm tough. No, uh, <laughs> I went to just using a darn tough sock and yeah. I didn't have any blister issues with the, the boots that I'd selected. And so at that point I was just like, I don't need a liner. And I just wear the a darn tough 2012 sock. I think yeah. they make such a huge difference. I've felt a difference in boot fit wearing a quality sock mm-hmm. over just a regular sock. For sure. So that's one thing that I have on, like if I'm day hunting, I probably have two pairs of socks, like a pair on my feet and a pair in my bag. Mm. Quality sock helps. I, I think they're Cotton they're kills. You know, it's it's funny to talk to people that have never, you know, worn a quality sock like that in the showroom or something like, man, darn tough. They have a lifetime warranty. Like you mm-hmm. wear a hole in them, they'll send you another pair. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a no-brainer mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, do people have a hard time stomach in pain? I remember my uh, my wife one time was like, pair of socks, 25 bucks, 30 yeah. bucks for a pair of socks. That's yeah. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, a whole drawer full of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Worth every 100%. penny. Yeah. Yeah. I I think people might balk at the, the cost of a good pair of socks. When reality is it's probably one of the best investments you can make. I 100% agree. Yeah. I wear them to to the gym. I wear them every day. Yeah. I just tell you I have them around right now. Think about like some of our vehicles we take. Like why would we want to spend so much more money on a tire? Didn't the car come with tires? Well, I mean, yeah. Well, what do these tires do that's different? What do these socks do that's different? Well, they're Merino. They're going to feel better. They're going to breathe better. They're going to all these things. It is a matter of, you know, like transporting us into the back country. Is it going to make our hunt more comfortable? And does that keep us out there longer so we can be successful? Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. That's why we have so many socks in our Georgia. That's why we recommend maybe a, a farm to feed or a darn tough and some of these others because they are worth it. They yeah. are definitely worth the investment. Do you vary your width, like the the cushion and the weight of the sock over the year at all? I do for sure. You do? Yeah. How so? Yeah. Like for early season, I'll have like the 2100 or I think it's what the 2010 now. Mm-hmm. Um, lighter weight? Yep. Super lightweight. It still has some cushion in it, but it's it's lighter weight, like uh, but I'll still have a couple pairs of those with me. Just cooler. Yep. And then as I go through like the 2013 for Darn Tough, the Farm to Feet Kodiak is like mm-hmm. my late season. I love that sock. The Kodiak? Yeah. That's, so, a, that's a heavy duty sock. It is. It's a thick sock. It is. But 
Like I, I said, I'll wear an uninsulated boot yep. no matter the temperatures. Gotcha. Time, and you just use that sock. I like that. Yeah. All, lightweight to midweight all the way. Yeah. Even in, even the, this year when it was cold chasing Havelina, I thought like you're only cold for so long. Like it's not like, you know, some of the guys going way up in the back country for so long or like really late hunts like Jared might be used to. I'm, I'm more of the earlier, so I'm light to midweight all year long. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. I might take like a, a full cushion midweight sock by darn tough. Like if I'm hanging out at camp, we got rained out or something, we're just hanging out. I'll put on a nice fresh pair of comfortable socks, but nah, I'm typically just light to midweight. Yeah. Yeah. I wear lightweight socks mostly for running, like in the summer. I like mm-hmm. those because they get hot and it feels like it's just a nice, they, they mm-hmm. move better for for whatever reason. It's funny, mm-hmm. running socks, you ever look at running socks? They're all super thin. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole market with running socks. I mean, yeah. huge market. And they're all, a lot of them are paper thin, yeah. super. Omar, what do you wear for running socks? He runs he doesn't wear socks. In, in he doesn't wear socks. Uh, Adidas. Adidas? Yeah. Just cotton. cotton. Three stripes. <laughs> <laughs> three stripe life I like that doesn't Cam he doesn't wear socks when he runs doesn't he you do wear socks you do wear socks you'll get there are you working up to that no socks I've actually done it before have you it's a, honestly I don't think it's a bad point I don't think it's a bad point either what's I the point the point is yeah. it's toughing your feet up ah, so essentially oh. callous your yeah. feet to the point where you know yeah. you're not going to get blisters 100%. or hot spots I can see it I'm just not tough enough to do it dang yeah, I wear socks. I like socks. I don't. I don't vary mine up other than trail running in the summer. I wear a lightweight sock, and then pretty much everything hunting all the way from August archery through November. If I have a late tag, it's the darn tough twenty twelve. Really? Yeah, it's just my I mean, favorite it's a great sock. sock. Yeah, one hundred. It's just my great. It's a great sock. Yeah. It feels like the right volume in my boot, and I like the full cushion. And I just it just works for me. The other ones I've worn quite a bit. More recently is the hollow fleece. Yeah, which I was going to mention the that. alpaca. They, they just changed their name to Void. Yeah, Void, void right? But uh, I one hundred percent. Yeah, I love like, those. There's not there's there's very few socks out there that would like take me away from darn tough, but those are one hundred percent. They're very nice socks. Yeah, the uppers and those are so plush. Yeah, you put those on, it's like what's what's that called? It's alpaca. Um, what's the like the sweater made out of that stuff? Yeah, I don't know the name of it. Just they are them. like legit. Oh, nice you're, socks. You're talking cashmere? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, cashmere. Like cashmere yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it does it's feel like a little amazing. bit cashmere ish. Yes. Yeah. They come with a corncob pipe. You got a cashmere sweater, Paul? Me? No. no. I can see it with too rich, huh? Oh, yeah, I guess pipe. so. Yeah, I should get like a I crush. I got you a nice pipe. Yeah. yeah. A nice roll neck, turtleneck, cashmere for yeah. you, Paul. Yeah, a nice high back chair, a <laughs> little snifter of something to hang <laughs> yeah. out with. And you in a lighthouse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. This is all coming together for me. Yeah, okay. I'm a lighthouse keeper. A lighthouse I'm glad to hear you say that. I was going to ask you about those socks and if you They're nice. Yeah, I really dig them, actually. Yeah. I kind of wish there was a little bit more cushion in the bottom part of that. Yeah. I feel like the the weave and the cushion is really good in the upper. I wish the lower part, like the yeah. footbed, had more cushion to it and a little bit heavier sock. But overall, I've liked them. I've worn them and they've been really good. Yeah. But Thanks. super soft. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Anything else about boots? One one thing I talk to customers quite a lot about is like construction of the midsole. I don't mm-hmm. know if you were going to mention that. Like, no, go ahead. Like if you look at that, where that Macro Pro is over there, like that midsole is two pieces like it's EVA foam here and then TPU rubber back here. Mm-hmm. And so that's one way manufacturers will either cut weight and cut costs. Gotcha. Is using the EVA foam, which will be, it'll break in quicker. It'll be more comfortable out of the box. It'll be lighter weight. 
Also break down sooner, but right? break Longevity. Down stop absorbing impact quicker than mm. something that's full EVA <clears throat> rubber, like something like this. I mm-hmm. should go get mine. Mine are in the truck, and I could show you the width difference between this boot brand new yeah. and mine right yeah. now after lots of packouts. Yeah. It's pretty stark. Gone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, you know, when I have a customer out here in the showroom, I'll try and explain those type of things to them. So, like, as they go forward and, you know, buy boots in mm-hmm. the future, they can look at those type of things and see the difference in boots. My EVA foam is comfortable now for sure. Like, there's that that uh, Zamberlin Salitate Trek. Mm-hmm. That I, is a stupid light and comfortable boot. Mm-hmm. Like, do you call, how do you, what's the, how do you call that? I call it the Salate. I don't even, I say Salitate. Salitate? I don't, I don't even know. I don't even think. I like it. I don't. Even, you talk to the guys at Zamberlin, they'll call it different things. My too. my pronunciation on it was so bad that I had to throw in a little caveat and say, "I don't know how you pronounce this. <laughs> this is my attempt. <laughs> if you know, yeah, torch me Whatever. if you want. Yeah. But this yeah, is what, what I've got. Whatever you say, that is a, a really lightweight, really comfortable boot, and yeah. it has an EVA foam midsole. I like that boot. Yeah, I wish it wasn't three hundred thirty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's the the stomachache for me yeah. on that boot. But it, yeah, I would like to own a pair. Those are nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like, you know, we didn't have all the boots out here, but if, like, if you were going to say, hey, pick one boot to do early season. Yeah, light and fast. That would be one that's still Mm -hmm. tough. Mm -hmm. Like, the upper is tough, and it's light and flexible. What about you, Paul? One boot. What are you going to use this year? Um... I was looking at that Tatra top as a full grain leather. Just looks really. I don't. I want like a full grain leather boot in my lineup. Just something that I can throw on anytime, go anywhere, do something with. Um, but that Alverstone, I'm really just really Love happy it. with. Yeah I, yeah, I took them home. I pulled the laces. I cleaned them up, and they look brand brand new. And I'm just. It's a funny thing, but like you get excited when you have a boot that fits just good to get back in the like to get out there and to get going again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when people come in. I really want them to know that. You know, if, if this is a certain price boot, we know this is kind of steep, but this is what we're going to get out of this boot. Mm-hmm. This is where this boot's going to take you. Know that you can still get them resold if you need to. Things can come up, you know, and or the warranty behind Hanwag or some of the other brands that are great to kind of back you up and help you out. Um, you know, it's hard enough to sometimes get into some gear and things like that. This shouldn't have to be that hard. And that's what we're here for is to talk it over, help you out, answer those questions. And by no means are any questions stupid. What do you think about that boot, Jared? Is the equilibrium? Yeah, it's Sportiva. Uh, everybody that I've talked to really loves that boot. I, I mean, it's it obviously has its looks, but it's it's comfortable. It's lightweight. The heel on that boot, like, just kind of is crazy to me. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. It's aggressive. Look at that. Yeah, um, that's the deepest lug on a heel I think yeah. I've ever seen mm-hmm. on a boot. It's funny when they first came out with that, or even before they came out with that boot. When I was like ordering it to put it in the mm-hmm. shop, like there was no. Like I didn't get my hands on that boot, and the the computer renderings made that. It looked like an ice climbing boot. Yeah. It looked like they were spikes yes. on the bottom of that. So everybody that's worn that boot really loves it. Mm-hmm. I have a pair. I like them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really surprised at the number of people I've seen wearing this yeah. boot. I think a lot of it's looks. Yep. I think they like a little flash in the laces and, yeah. you know, you get the, the orange. Well, the other one they have the now is like electric yellow and like yeah, a, yeah. a darker blue, right? The other color's kind of cool. I yeah. like the other color. Better, I, do, yeah. I do like the other color better than this yeah. one. Yeah. You had the blue uh, Makra, didn't you? This I year? did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wore the blue, the Smurf boots. Yeah. 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 You throw some mud on them. They kind of, 
You know, they color up. I got, Port, I got Porter on those. He came in for a hunt and he was like, I need some boots. Where's those scarpas? I said, look, let me, let's try something new. And I brought out those makras and mm-hmm. that color because I knew he's like a trout. You just throw it out there and he'll go. <laughs> and so I brought out that blue and yellow and dude, he lit he up. Bit he bit Easy. Yeah, you didn't have to set the hook. He just took it. That's why I was shocked. He said that one me was too. too loud. That's funny. When he was in here, I was like, it'll be one of these two mm-hmm. <laughs> he likes. Yeah. Because I think this is a good looking boot. It is. Yeah. It's kind of funny how, you know, talking to people and some people will love that. And some people like, oh, I love the boot, but those laces, I just can't do it. I'm like, dude, get like a 50 cent pair of laces and change them out. Like if you like the boot, don't worry about the color laces. Yeah. So. That is funny, huh? People are funny with the way a boot looks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's been, I mean, when I was growing up, we all had a full leather boot. Yeah. I mean, we all work in a track, Mm -hmm. all our Loa's. You know, and that was like the a staple on every Western big game hunter was this <laughs> yeah. all leather brown boot with yeah. the rubber rand. It was like the look you were going for, you know. And then, you know, I think more recently this type of stuff has popped up. People want to have a little bit of flash on yeah. their feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not that this isn't a good boot. I do think it's a good boot. I just think it's probably, I think the selling point for this is as much flash as it is the actual yeah. function and use of the boot. Yep. Um phenomenal traction <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not i mean slipping. super tacky and if you're yeah. going downhill you've definitely got some bite in that thing yeah 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 i've been surprised at the number of people i've seen wearing this boot it sold really well yeah well when someone fits in a la sportiva it's like unique it's a good fit yeah yeah i agree and i've liked la sportiva mm-hmm. i wore uh the trango cube which mm-hmm. was the kind of predecessor i would say for yeah. this boot yeah um it was a lot a lot more subtle than this one, <laughs> yeah. and even in the sole. Oh, yeah. But I love that boot. It was actually, in my opinion, it was, it was actually kind of a, akin to this as far as the stiffness goes, mm-hmm. and that's what I really liked about it, and that's why I keep going. And that's, I mean, we'll, we'll bring it full circle here, but uh, if you find a boot you like in terms of stiffness, in terms of fit function, mm-hmm. I know that this boot and, you know, the Trango Cube from La Sportiva, same kind of thing. It was about this same build, mm-hmm. yeah. same stiffness, Kind of the same profile, same mm-hmm. height. I mean, that worked for 90% of the hunting I was doing, which mm-hmm. is why I keep returning to it. So, yes. you know, try boots, find something that you like. And if, you know, if you can't buy it year in and year out, uh, find something else that's kind of in that same vein. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that. Like when they, when I heard the Mocker Combi was going away, mm-hmm. I bought a bunch of the size that I need because I just love that like boot. The, and I can, you know, I've had it on hunts like that, uh, <clears throat> That Utah elk hunt that was filmed a few years ago, like hunting elk in, you know, steep terrain. Mm-hmm. And, but then it was still a 10 mile, like trail pack out, mm-hmm. pretty yep. flat terrain. And it still did great. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those boots just worked for me. So I like have maybe three or four pairs of those in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're hoarding them. Yes. <laughs> this was a good replacement for yep. it. I thought yeah. I wasn't originally like in love with it. Cause it's a, a leather synthetic blend where yeah. the other one was all synthetic, mm-hmm. but I will say I've liked it. It's been a good replacement for me. I'm like a boot junkie. I keep wanting to like new boots and I buy new boots and I try them. And then I'm like, yeah, I still really like that hot, that hot yeah. log. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the Alaska DTX or the Macra Pro. Your, your closet probably looks a lot like my closet. With like it looks like a pile. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Anyway, thanks guys. I appreciate you coming. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Um, cool. Appreciate any, it. Any parting words? You got any <laughs> final piece of advice for folks? Um, I wish I did. I felt like I left it on the table. We, we, we covered a lot today. <laughs> yeah. thought that was really, really great. There's a ton of information. Um, 
Yeah, if anything, I guess seriously, some of the advice that I'd really give you guys for, for anybody listening is is don't get wrapped up in a brand. Don't get wrapped up in anything that you haven't tried. Um, the whole thing about hunting is, is doing your research, doing your homework. Don't be embarrassed to ask a question. Don't be embarrassed about your feet either. Like when you come in, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to take your shoes off. We're going to go through a fit. Um, and I don't care what they smell like. Cause what I care about is you getting a boot to go on a hunt. So, um, you know, we're all here to help out and everything else. So please, you can people know. reach out to you, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. They can reach out. If you want to hit me up on Instagram, I'm at, uh, at wild and Framus. Um, <laughs> if you want to come by the showroom, come by the showroom. We're open from Tuesday through Saturday from 10 AM to 6 PM. Um, you can email me at Paul at gohunt.com If you have any questions, uh, and we'll go through it from there. There was a guy this Saturday, um, asking me boot questions. Cause I put up a little thing ab- about, uh, a certain boot brand. And I said, Han walk for life. Mm-hmm. And he, um, <laughs> and he said, if you try to pair Christmas <laughs> <laughs> and, um, He's, he uh, he asked me about hey man I've That's got what people say to me I've so. got really narrow feet I've got really narrow heels and so I started like we had this long Instagram thread going just because I was asking him all the questions like a little consultation he said I got a pair of Kenetrex now I'm pretty good with him but he has the heel thing mm-hmm. and so we were talking about well there might be a flexibility an insole and all this other stuff so um, I'm, I'm if I can't get to you right away I'm definitely going to get to somebody to help him out because um, they deserve they deserve it. Yeah. So, yeah. so reach out to Tall Paul. Reach out to Tall Heck Paul. Yeah. Come by the showroom. We'll hang out. Jared, thanks for keeping us um, stocked in. Yeah, days. for yeah. real. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's ever changing. So it's kind of kind of. I cool remember to see back it. when I did a little more with the store. I would look at the number of SKUs. Oh my gosh. In boots. Yeah. And I would think, Jared, you poor soul. <laughs> well, what's funny, you know, I mentioned that we we launched boots like Expo mm-hmm. four years ago, and we took all of our boots up there. Yeah. There's no way we could do that now. Like, no. It would be. That was a lot of work then. It would be insane. Well, we have we have one, two, three, four, four rows in our warehouse that are yeah. uh, seven shelves high to the ceiling of yeah. boots, and then there's a whole back wall that's just boots, and that wraps around, and that's probably like a quarter to maybe half of our warehouse. So yeah, it's an ever changing, which is cool about it. Like mm-hmm. you know, everything's changing all the time. So yeah. it's it's fun. It's it's challenging. Like I have boots in my closet that I've probably never worn. Like those whites saved my bacon this mm-hmm. season. I had never worn them and I just took them just in case and they saved me. So it's, it's fun. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. Buy, boot, buy boots. Never buy too boots. early to buy boots. Yeah. Or hunt barefoot Definitely. like Omar. Yeah. Now's the time. <laughs> now's actually the time. I know I, we've gotten, we've gotten some kickback like, oh man, is it already time to think about boots? It's only, yes. I don't even know what month it is. February. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, actually, yeah, I think it is. If you're spring bird hunting, yeah. There's only a couple things that really, like, will make and break a hunt. Yeah. And this, one of them is a pair of boots. Like, yeah, I don't, I just don't get, like, getting ahead of that and getting them broken in and and being ready. It's a great time to buy a pair and do some shed hunting in, do some spring hikes, then you roll into the summer where you're out summer scouting. And then, you know, by the time you get to the fall, there's no question that your footwear is going to work for you. Yeah. Yep. Weather's starting to break. You can start getting back outside. You can start doing the things you want to do. Like it's waiting to the last minute, man. It's just bad news. You say I that, think. and there was like an avalanche on Mount Charleston yesterday. You should probably mm-hmm. just wait. <laughs> <laughs> we think about that here in Vegas. Like, yeah. hey, it's like sixty degrees out, but it's yeah. February, and the majority of the country's still under snow. Yeah, you, yeah. February, March. You get to the, end of the March. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, starting yeah. to turn a little bit, but that's just yeah. a few weeks away. Especially yeah. for shed hunters, like if you're thinking about a new boot. Wear it when you're looking for sheds. If you're, you know, setting out cameras, if you're going to start scouting, anything you need to do, think about wearing new boots and yeah. break them in in those in those situations. That's when it helps. So, and that's a new boot for us to yeah, give us this, a quick. This will be here. This is a new Hanwag 
I don't even know how to say the name of Calyx Fours. The Calyx Fours. Calyx Fours. Is that one word? It is one word. <laughs> it's not the Calyx Fours. Nope. There wasn't uh, three more. <laughs> no. Call it whatever you want, but it's a new Hanwag. Should be here March, maybe early April. So it's really cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. We've yeah. Had this uh, this out on a couple of hunts already, mm-hmm. and uh, had good reviews. Yeah, so. it's it looks like it's going to be really comfortable out of the box, and that like softer cuff at yeah. the top to kind of yeah. limit like abrasion or anything on the back of some of those ankles. That yeah. is going to be interesting. Adam really liked them. Yeah. So they showed this to me, I think last year, and I was like, "I we need that one." I mean, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. it obviously looks go hunt too. So yeah. yeah, we didn't really talk about the height of a boot, but I would just throw in maybe here at the end that same thing. Typically, the later you get in the season, the taller the boot, just to offer you some added protection, mm-hmm. more waterproofness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe if you're headed further up in elevation, you're hunting sheep. You know, that higher height of a boot can offer yeah. you more mm-hmm. protection yeah. that scree. Yeah. Um, and then some people just don't like a tall boot, but I'm I'm not a fan of a, a super tall boot. I'm normally not either. And and I was, you know, I shouldn't say this, but I was kind of unprepared for this late season deep <laughs> yeah. snow hunt. I made a lot of stupid mistakes, but I had tall boots on and it saved me. Gotcha. So, yeah. You did good? Killed good bull? I did. I, I mean, it was super lucky. I almost died of dehydration. Like it was, there's a lot of mistakes I made. Really? But, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I just... Too, too laissez-faire, I guess. You know, I didn't have any, like, satellite communication. We split up. No kidding. So I don't know this story. Oh, yeah. So we're at, like, 11,000 feet. Down. Do you know this story? <laughs> no. Oh, I'll try and make it quick. So we're at 11,000 feet, uh, single digits. November? Before. Yep. Well, it was the end of October. I killed that bull okay. on Halloween. Second season? Yep. Gotcha. <clears throat> so 11,000 feet, um, really, really cold, deep snow. And we'd been in this spot that somebody might have given me a, a pin to, like literally two days before. I wasn't even planning on going to the spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we drop in there and there's just, there's one person and thousands and thousands, like elk tracks everywhere. <laughs> and uh, it was still warm. It, like once the sun came up, it was like one yeah. of those warm, like high elevation yep. days. <laughs> But we, my friend and I, Jeremy, split up, and he was going. I'm like, hey, we'll go do this plan, and I'll drop down into this deep canyon and come up the other side, and you go pick me up over there. Well, like a half a mile down this ridge, I spotted these elk and killed this bull, and he was already gone. Mm-hmm. So I I can't remember what happened. I ran out of water, had this long hike out, about just died of dehydration. Are you packing elk or are you just going out no, with your I, gear? I just killed it and cleaned it and left it there because it's yeah. so cold. Go back and get it. And we'll come back and get yeah. it from the top. Luckily, because we dropped, I dropped down into this canyon that he had come up in in a different, and it was just, it was bad. It gotcha. was really, really bad. So anyway, we spent the next couple of days hauling that, that bull out the top. You cramping? I don't think I ever did no, no, yeah, I, I did, did cramp. I did cramp. I'm, and I'm glad that nobody saw me when I, because it, it's funny. I was coming down this ridge and I see these elk bedded in the snow, like in the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I literally, I just drop. And my legs, both my legs start cramping because mm-hmm. I'm doing this. And I, so I'm trying to like get in position and like get a shot. And both my legs are cramping. So I'm literally like rolling around on my back in the snow, like trying to, trying to get my legs to uncramp and like get in position. And I had to crawl like, low crawl like 50 yards in this foot of snow yeah. to try and get into position to get a shot and both my legs are cramping it was no satellite messenger either huh? i didn't because we <laughs> we just had a plan dicey yeah. yeah i know i'm 
I don't know why. So I remember going shed hunting one time and I got onto this north. I dove into the bottom. I picked up this big shed, nice six point, longest main beam ever. I was 60 inch beam on this pole. Anyway, coming up the other side, you get into that north facing slope and you're to a point where it's like up to your, you know, your thighs basically. Yeah. And you're just post holing. Yep. I remember same thing, just completely dehydrated, yep. cramping, legs locking up. It was awful. And it wasn't that far of a distance. I think it might have been like three and a half miles from the truck. Mm-hmm. And normally that's not huge, but like going through a foot of snow, Yo. like that doubles, I think, at least the amount of effort that For it takes sure. to go mm-hmm. through that stuff. So yep. Eat yeah, you it, was, it was an interesting hunt, but we're we glad literally- you, We're glad you made it back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we packed, we I didn't know this. for longer than we hunted, which was cool, yeah. but yeah. man, it was- and old Omar gave me the the spot. This good. This was in Pennsylvania, by the way. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good time. Yes, yeah, so yeah. if you're looking for spots, hit up Omar. Yeah. <laughs> Omar's got some Omar's Pennsylvania got spots. <laughs> Omar's also single, ladies. So hit Omar up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys.